Oh, I got stuck. Anyway, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the DistalProds.com Movies Television Podcast. As always, I'm dead. Join me today, Caveman. Aloha. And Cap. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so like with a couple last couple shows, uh, this is not late because I am lazy and an asshole. It's late because we're recording this on a Sunday night. Also because I'm lazy and an asshole. Also, we kind of got busy. I mean, shit happens. Yeah. Um, we were. Yeah, the orgy got really messy. We were originally supposed to record Uh-oh. this. We were supposed to record this uh, yesterday because I wanted like spend some time. I wanted like give everybody some time to go see the new Spider-Man movie. Ha! Me having free time. That's cute. Uh, me having money. That's cute. Yeah. Me, unfortunately, my me boss decided to give back me a I, night shift. Me getting my car back when I was told I'd get my car back. That's cute. I was supposed to get my car back on Friday, go see the movie. I then didn't get it back till Saturday because my sister had a fucking nervous breakdown in the middle of traffic. Oh, traffic can be exhausting. Yeah. Especially on my way to work, I have to cross a... I, it's, it's literally on my way to work. Um, the last leg of it, honestly, is just an, a big intersection of two major highways. And God forbid you be in the left lane because 90% of those cars in the left lane are waiting to get into the left turn lane. (laughs) You're just in a giant left turn lane. So God forbid you're not in the right lane. But if you are in the right lane, God forbid you get back into the left lane once, once you're out of that intersection. Because... No one wants to let somebody change lanes the second you're done with that. Yeah, I I don't drive a lot in highways, specifically because I'm terrified of fucking changing lanes. I wish I had a choice. Well, I do. It would just add eight more minutes to my drive. That is eight minutes. That you can be sleeping? Exactly. Or shitting? Or anything, really. I mean, like, it's not a long drive, but I hate... I don't know, prepare I hate I hate having my pre-work time revolve around like me getting there. I don't want half of my wake up in the morning just to revolve around how much time have I dedicated to getting there when realistically it's an 8 minute drive. Yeah. That and whenever I that that actually reminds me of something. Remember when you were younger and you were going to be late to something or you weren't able to completely prioritize something so you had less time for it than you should have. And you explain this to whoever authority figure applies, and they say, well, seems like you should have like left sooner or started that sooner or put some more time into that. And it's like, my, dude, my guy, my friend, uh, don't, don't have the time to dedicate my life to that. I, I I start when I can. Yeah, Some people every... don't have the option to leave an hour early for work to make it there on time. Yeah, oh, don't yeah. even give me. St- I have to, whenever I have something I have to do, I have to leave a minimum of an hour because I don't own a car. Exactly. I don't. It's like you leave and when you it's can. It's an hour. It's an hour and thirty minutes to get to most anywhere in this city by the bus. Hour and 30 minutes, which means I have to leave two hours because the bus is going to be five to 15 minutes late, period. 
Yeah, I... I'm real fucking lucky. One of the one of the few benefits of living with your parents is you can use their car. I mean, I'm in suburbia. I shouldn't have to deal with all of this, but I still got it for some reason. I'm in the fucking boonies. Ugh. My house. I live in the middle of one of the biggest cities in the uh, United States. Yeah, my Same. house. Yeah, my house is surrounded by uh, one quarter old dirt road, one quarter old people, and one half cow grazing territory. Oh, yeah. that sounds South lovely. Atlanta. South Atlanta ain't fun. Yeah. Anyway. Send me anthrax, everyone. Anyway, we're going to talk about movies or something, I think. Yeah. Really? Do you want me to just, like, fucking bang out your about Spider-Man before getting, like, show proper? Because that's kind of what... That is what Dude, the five people who watch this gonna, are here for. I'm going to see it. Yeah, that's true. Might as well get it out of the way. I mean, there's nothing to spoil on it. It's Spider-Man, and it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're only ever going to tell watered-down versions of the good stories, so it's not like I haven't heard all of the, the Spider-Man stories before. I, I read, I've read the shit out of those comics. I'm just happy to see a good Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and it's, it's really I fucking good. I read enough good. that I got bored. It, it, so. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming is real fucking good, and I kind of love it for everything that it isn't. How was Michael Keaton in it, by the way? Michael Keaton's fucking great, dude. Because I think it's exciting to see him play more villains. Oh, hell yeah. Michael Keaton is one of the best actors we fucking got going right now. Wasn't he in uh, RoboCop 2014? Uh, yes, he was. Unfortunately. Yeah. He, he needed a paycheck. I like that movie, <laughs> I'll be honest. It wasn't that bad to me. Anyway. I still haven't seen it. But still, him as a villain is fun. I know we when you think of Michael Keaton, you think of Batman immediately. No, I think but... of Beatles immediately. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know actors by names. I'm a I'm a Batman fuckboy, so I think of Batman. Essentially, in the uh, in Batman Returns and the Batman movie, like the first one, nineteen eighty nine, yeah, with um, Jack Nicholson as the like Jack Nicholson's Joker. That was Michael Keaton as uh, as Batman. Yeah, and he is okay. and he is kind of a lot of people. A lot of people see him as the best live action Batman. Because he was fun. He was just a fun Batman. It was, it was, there were strange movies, but they were grounded in just... They yeah, were just he, grounded in being fun. And he was a really great vulture. I think every Batman is going... Like, I think every Batman has their own, like, this is... We're a, I'm a good Batman. Like, every one of the movie Batmans, at least. Because every one of them gets something right about Batman. Yes, even Batnipples Batman. I like that movie honestly so back it came on track. out like right when i was like three so hey back on track this is a movie podcast we're talking about movies okay well anyway vulture i like that they're using a d-list villain yes it's fun. i it is so fucking hype i had a I it's have, like green goddamn goblin yeah i had like wrong. i had conversation i have one question yes was this another origin fuck no Thank you, God! I know. That, that, that's why I said at the top of this, I like it for everything it isn't. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the one thing that they established in um, Captain America... <laughs> it, was Cap- it was a Captain America movie. Civil, Civil War. War. Yes. It was in Captain America Civil War. I think one thing they established almost immediately that the whole origin thing, that was six months ago. That yeah. happened. Spider-Man, that, that ha- Spider-Man has been happening. 
like when, when fucking Captain America Civil War rolls around, Spider-Man has been happening for a while. Yeah, because he because he was like, I've only had these powers for six months. I'm like, like he's technically sweet. Like technically, we're Spider- out of we're out of that. Technically, Spider-Man's origin story happened in Ant-Man. Oh, I'm so fucking happy. Yeah, because in wait, did in, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, at, at, the, at the end of Ant-Man, um, when uh Michael Pena is going through his like second. Like like description scene, uh, he he like is talking to a, he's talking to a reporter lady, uh, he like Anthony Mackie Falcon is talking to a reporter lady, and he's like, yo, I got dudes who fly, I got dudes who crawl, I got dudes who swing. Who you want? Oh, yeah that that was kind of the first inkling of this deal happening before the Sony leak happened. I mean, cool. I mean, I'm not a huge Paul Rudd fan, so. Okay, well, yeah. So, yeah. So, in this movie, I, I didn't uh, really pay too much attention to the film. Yeah. So this, so this movie, uh, it's not an origin story. It is not about, it is not about uh, Peter like getting used to his powers, and getting out there and doing stuff. It is this movie is about Peter trying to find his place as a hero because he was in the so fucking Avengers. balancing his life. Yeah, yeah. It, it's him. It's him okay. learning learning to balance like his life with the school stuff. Him with Aunt May. Like they actually do a, they fucking change the dynamic with Aunt May. They what? They changed the dynamic between Peter and Aunt May, kind of. How? Well, how so? So, when so whenever the fucking conversation comes up of, hey Peter, why don't you tell your fucking family you're Spider Man? The bullshit converse, the bullshit thing that always happens is Peter says, "I'm doing it to protect them." Like, oh, what if a villain comes along and fucking, oh my god? That's uh, Mary has just disproved that idea. That is retarded. Of just like why he would tell them or why he wouldn't why tell them. Why he wouldn't. wouldn't. Like, like like the idea like the idea that, oh, if they know, villains will go after them. No, it fucking won't. Like you don't fucking like unless they fucking go around saying, I know who's I know what Spider Man's identity is, which they fucking won't because they're not idiots. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of an old concept. Like that's why you don't really like um for example, in that anime My Hero Academia and One Punch I love Man, that manga. The dual identity thing, like have you noticed how that's not a thing at all? Nope, not at all. Yeah, like like except, they're like they're celebrities. They're yeah, openly out with there and part all of an Might, organization. All Might's kind of the only one with a secret identity because he kind of needs. I think and all Might has a damn whole, good reason. Well, yeah, because he's the whole symbol of peace thing. It's like I'm supposed to be a symbol, and if they see that symbol fall, yeah, I'm a, I'm aware. I I've read then, the story. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just like that's his. That just, well, for those who don't know, uh, yeah. So so in, um, so in this, uh, the reason that Peter doesn't yeah. tell his Aunt May is because May is still dealing with the tragic loss of her husband. And so her finding out that her fucking only family member left is going out in the street and potentially dying every night because you have a fucking mental breakdown. I mean, yeah, that's just another good reason. That I, is I, a I great reason. Yeah, like there, there's a there's a great scene where uh, Peter had like uh, it, it was the uh, it's immediately after the uh, fairy scene from the trailer where like where like he's fucking doing the Spider-Man thing of trying to hold two parts of a thing together. Oh, with the webs. Spider-Man two thing. Yeah, the Spider-Man shot. Yeah, so, so he goes back from that and May is about to fucking lose her mind. And you just see oh, fucking immediately. Oh, that's why she's not. Like, like, yeah, she like she she called him. He didn't answer. She called fucking five different police stations. Didn't answer. Called Stark Industries. No, got no fucking answer from that because his whole backstory, his whole like uh, secret identity thing. Instead of being like, oh, a reporter fucking doing this, it's like, oh, I work at Stark Industries, so I have met Spider Man. Oh my god, that's true. They Sony's probably not letting him use the whole Daily Bugle and all that. Well, not only that, he's fifteen in this movie. He can't really be like a fucking junior reporter for the fucking whatever. Yeah, he can in the comics. He's been Spider-Man since he was 15. Yeah, I know, but like like in this day in this kind of like day and age thing there are some laws that kind of make working with people under the age of 18 weird. Oh my god, I don't even 
I'm 23. I don't think about these things. I don't the, think about there's a reason why there's, there's a reason why whenever I fucking put out uh, calls for people to go to this podcast, I say, hey, try to be like legal age because things get weird when you're underage. Yeah. But yes, yeah. like yes, like yes, like his whole back, his whole like uh, you know, thing of him running off. It's like, oh, I gotta go instead of being like, oh, I gotta go get pictures for Bugle. It's like, oh, sorry, I'm working the Stark internship. Yeah, I was about to say Stark. Okay. I I mean that's fine. That 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 tracks. That works. Yeah, and again, I mean, this is supposed to be what what I what I looked at recently and found myself more accepting of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that one, obviously, it's an alternate Earth. It's like Earth one three eight seven zero two or something, something ridiculous. It's, it's Earth who gives a shit. I hate that whole thing. It's I Earth. Mean, nobody fucking cares. Uh, yeah, essentially like that. But I realized that they're con- it was kind of pointed out to me that they're following more closely with the ultimate Marvel ultimate universe stories in the, the direction they're going with that sooner than like the classic Marvel, like six, one, six universe. And I kind of like that because the reason, the primary reason for the um, ultimate series of stories was to ground it more in reality. Like instead of captain America, cause one of the things is, um, Nick Fury is Captain America is uh, the first super soldier that not Captain America. And it's the, in the, one of the whole things that they bring up is like, well, let's not do stories about uh, what if we had Captain America in world war two? It's like, what if we had Captain America now? What if we had a super soldier now? And they're doing that with the Marvel cinematic universe. And I can appreciate that. I think that's a smarter way to go about it instead of just this, hokey comic book world that we kind of got with the first three Spider-Man movies. And I, I think that's a cool way to go about that. I, I'm looking at it in a different light now instead of, oh, they're not staying faithful to my Civil War. Oh, no, no. Like, well, why would you want them to stay faithful to Civil War? Civil War was hot shit. Civil, Civil War 2 was hot shit. Civil War they 1 made and that- 2 were fucking garbage. I think the first one was fun. The second one, the they first one had a good idea, and then they shit the bed because they couldn't just let their bad guy be a bad guy. And also, Civil War Two was terrible because it was a completely contrived story that made no sense. And they literally said themselves, "We were asked to write this because Captain America: Civil War was coming out." Also, it destroyed. That's why they did. It. Also, Civil War Two destroyed two fucking fantastic female characters. Don't you ever say Cap? Don't you ever say that Carol Danvers is a good female character? I liked her. I liked She Hulk too, and they fuck She Hulk. She Hulk's cool, but Carol Danvers just every time I see her, I just want to go, Carol, Carol, shut up, Carol. Don't don't talk, Carol. I'm sorry, (laughs) you're not the most popular girl in school. Like, uh, like there, there was a whole fucking run up before Civil War Two happened. Like, a, like a fucking chunk of stories for her that were fucking great. Uh, my only beef um, was how they're doing things now. Well, no, I'm talking about the movies. This is this is going uh-huh. back into the movies. Okay. Um, and it, I think it's a very legitimate concern that a lot of people are having is the scaling of things because they don't have the rights to like you know the Fantastic Four or I think. No, 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 no. They got the rights to Hulk back from Universal Studios. Yep. Um, but like Ghost Rider and stuff like that. They have Ghost Rider. And the X-Men. And, and most importantly, X-Men. Yeah, X- X-Men and Fantastic um, Four are the only holdouts right now. Well, yeah, because those are the big ones. Um, 
as I, feel, I, I feel like the scaling for, you know, these big movie events, it's just not going to feel as great. Because, like, the first Civil War, it ended up being, like, instead of every superhero on the planet, it ended up being, like, what, like what 12 superheroes in a parking lot kicking yeah, each other? every superhero the on the planet. <laughs> until we discover that one of the one that we didn't know about. Doctor Who? Yeah, until, yeah, until... Doctor Why? Doctor Where, please. But, um... And this, th- that directly goes into my fear for Infinity War when we get that in, like, what, 2018, 2020? Yes. I don't well, know. By they, then we'll they, add they, a few more movies, won't we? But will it be enough? That's my concern. Are we going to have Adam Warlock in these movies? Are we going to have... Adam War- um, yeah, we will have Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock was introduced at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, was he? Okay, because I didn't see Guardians. I didn't see Guardians too. I just... Yeah, yeah. I don't in, know. Yeah, I don't in, like Guardi- in Guardians 2, um, the gold people who the Guardians fucked over... Uh, they, the, the leader of them was like, Hey, we made the fucking, we made like the perfect being of our perfect fucking society. We will call him Adam. I like that a lot. Actually, I can respect that. That that's good. That's good storytelling. Yeah. So some people will say that's not, and that's a cop out. I find that endearing as hell. I like that a lot. Yeah. So back to Spider-Man. Um, let's see. I asked how Michael Keaton was. And, and, I, said, I, and you didn't let me fucking talk about how Michael Keaton was. I just said, yeah, he's good. And then we talked about Batman for five minutes. Because <laughs> it was Michael Keaton. Yeah. So anyway, Michael Keaton's vulture. It is not the vulture from the comics. How so? It is not Adrian Toomes, aged old man who gets real fucking pissy because somebody stole his design. So he uses his suit to go after revenge. I mean, that's okay. Because like. He was essentially a jewel thief in a bird costume. Yeah. What what happens? With, what happens with anything this? from that is a step up. Yeah. What happens with, with this is he and his uh, and like the people he runs with, like Shocker and the Tinkerer, I guess. Uh, they, <gasps> Shocker's in the movie. Yes, Bokeem Woodbine. Oh, that's awesome! I like Shocker. I really liked him in the '90s TV show. He only has the glove, not the full suit. Oh wait, wait, glove or both gloves? One glove. That's weird. Here's the reason for it. They so so um so what happened was Adrian Toomes was the leader of a salvage crew who were there to clean up the destruction of the alien invasion. Okay. So so, so they, I'm I'm seeing this movie. Yes, yeah, so, so been they, decided. For so, me. so they were like salvaging stuff and taking stuff down, and then the Department of Damage Control was established, and they lost their contract. So and so any money that so any money that um Tombs put down for like the equipment and the manpower to do this, he was just out that money. He just lost it all. Ooh. Oh, that sucks. And they were and they were literally for- no reimbursement? No none whatsoever. And so they were so they were forced to turn over all of the like discovered alien equipment they found to damage control. However, they still they however they kept one crate of it. And so then the tinkerer just started Tinkering with things. I think he's the tinkerer. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he is because he is just a guy who kind of sits in a fucking warehouse and builds things. I mean, that makes sense how they have their, how they just these Joe Schmoes got their technology. Yeah. And, and, and so, so they kept this one crate. So they started fucking with it and they made a bunch of fucking weapons. They made guns. They made the shocker glove. They made the fucking vulture suit. And they just, they just kept picking off. And then just, whenever there was a fucking damage control shipment, they would just go there, steal a bunch of shit, then make new shit and then sell it. Okay. And so okay. that and so that's how Vulture fucking like built the suit. That's that's why Shocker has the fucking glove. That's why Shocker is even a thing and the Vulture is even a thing. Yeah, no, I like that. That's not bad. Yeah, not and it is it is the first time 
in the fucking like what like four movies I think that we've had a that we like Marvel that Marvel has had like a compelling villain with motivations that make sense for his character and like actually having him be a real character that and using their actual classic rogues gallery beyond Green Goblin Doc Ock yeah that's another fucking thing I was talking about I've fucking spent so much goddamn time texting my buddy James about our fucking spec script for a Spider-Man movie where he fights Mysterio I think they'll do him next. I think it would make sense for them to use Mysterio next. No, next up is they the Scorpion. Scorpion Mac, oh. Because Mac Gargan is in this fucking movie. I'm always okay with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. it'll is, be better than it'll be better than how they used fucking Electro. Yeah, so um I guess from Can we here, not talk about that movie? So from here on out, I'm just gonna say spoilers. Thanks, Sonny. Just blanket spoilers for the next like twenty minutes or so. If you don't want spoilers for this movie, just jump ahead twenty minutes. But yeah, so I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead in the queue for twenty minutes. We'll but, put a we'll put a time marker down. I won't. He won't. But yeah, so I yeah like I uh th- that that's that Spider Man shot. That whole scene is happening because Mac Gargan is going to buy fucking weapons from uh, Tombs and Shocker. And so Ooh, it's, so like as it's happening, so, Spider Slayer. Uh, yeah, yeah, so as it's happening, uh, they're fucking just uh, fighting all that shit. Uh, he gets arrested, and then by the time you get to the end of the movie. Uh, Tombs, through just conversation with Peter, because he's driving Peter and his daughter, Liz Allen, to the fucking prom. Over the course of that conversation, hmm. Tombs realizes that Peter is Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And and, and so so then the mid so in the mid credit sequence is Wait, how so? Just basic human logic? Yeah, yeah, essentially. He just he's just talking to him and just like kind of like Parsing the like, hey, I've heard like like he's talked to Spider Man before. Spider Man's whole thing is that he never shuts the fuck up when fighting. <laughs> I like that because so, a lot of times it's bothered me when it's like when you don't really recognize their voice or nobody recognizes Batman's jawline stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and so with this, and so with this, um, he's just kind of like sitting in the he's sitting in the car. They're talking, and then he just kind of like pieces together. It's like, oh fuck, you're Spider Man. And they actually, oh, and actually oh, gives oh, him an option. Oh. like, hey kid, you seem like a good kid. My daughter seems to like you. If you just go in there, show her a good time, nothing bad will happen. But if you try to fuck with me, I will kill you. I will end you. No, no, nothing that fucking like, uh, nothing that like wrote, like, well, it is kind of wrote. He says like, I will, I will do anything for my family. That's the scene where he's like, I'll kill everyone you love, right? Yeah. That's that scene in the car where he's like saying, I'll I'll kill you and everyone you love. Yeah. That's that scene. Okay. And so then the mid credit sequence is, Tombs in prison meeting Matt Gargan and Gargan saying like, hey, I heard a rumor you know who fucking Spider-Man is. And uh, Tombs keeps that shit in the DL. Really? Oh, thank God. Yeah, because fucking he like in, in the in like the end fight scene, which is not a fucking bullshit fight scene where Lord Vulture shoots a blue laser beam into the fucking sky anus. It is, it is a fucking fight where Peter is hanging on the side of a fucking crashing airplane using his webs to fucking turn the rudders to shift the airplane so it doesn't kill people. <laughs> that is nice. awesome. Yeah, and That this, automatically gets points. Yeah, and then and then actually trying to save Tombs' life as his fucking jetpack's about to, as his fucking wingsuit's about to explode. Because he's fucking Spider-Man. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, and another thing they introduce uh, with this is Karen. The AI in, Sp- in Spider-Man's suit. Weird. It is, a bit, okay. it is a bit weird, but it makes sense. 
because I mean it was made by Stark, yes. so I can give that a pass. But yeah, and, that, okay. and that's why. And Karen is great. Karen is a character who I did not know was in the movie. I had no fucking idea anything about her, and then she just fucking shows up and is like, "Oh wait, you're awesome." There's hmm. this, yeah, there's a bit in the there's a bit in like the middle of the movie where he is learning about his suit's new stuff because uh, like like stuff that we've seen his suit do that is just the basic possible mode of it because of something called the training wheels protocol. Huh. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the trailer. Yeah, and so then he has uh, Ned, his buddy, deactivate it. Because he and his buddy know how to fucking hack Stark tech because they because they go to a fucking school for geniuses. I also like the fact that they're using uh, Ned because he's very similar to uh, Miles Morales's. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, like they, they said in fucking interviews, like, yeah, we wanted to make a guy like Genki had like a lot of fucking... There, there's been some good press around Genki, and we wanted a character like Genki that in this great. fucking thing. And Genki, Genki Genki's fucking great. fantastic. And yeah, this, this guy fills the Genki role without just be with. He is basically Genki, though. Hmm. He, well, he, I, I also just remembered that we're not going to be getting a Spider Slayer because we don't get J. Jonah Jameson with no Daily Bugle. Yeah. Also, but Matt Gargan is question. the Scorpion. Yeah. But I was going to ask, who do you think we're going to get next beyond the Scorpion? Uh. Craven, Goblin, Doc Ock. Because I feel like we're only going like to be getting a couple. Because isn't it going back to Sony after a couple movies? Because um, I think Marvel's only borrowing the license under the strictest of terms. Because technically, Marvel's not making any money off of Spider-Man: Homecoming. No, they, no, yeah, they are. It's, it's a fucking co-production deal. I thought like, that because Sony, they use Sony, license, retain, Sony retains a creative control of the character, but Marvel still, but Marvel's still able to get a cut for any movie set in their universe. I think hmm, I thought I I I, be, I believe it was the other way around. I believe that they had that there were some parameters that Sony set, but because they're paying to produce and uh, put out put out the, distribute the movie, um, I believe that they're be, going to be getting the lion's share of the of all profits from it, whereas uh, Marvel gets to do their I mean beyond just a couple parameters gets creative control when it comes to placing it into their cinematic universe but like for example the reason that they made money off of uh, Captain America Civil War is because it was a Captain America movie and Spider-Man only had a brief thing but it wasn't a Spider-Man film so here's the deal according to Variety any any Marvel movie that Spider-Man is in Sony doesn't get a cut any Sony movie that Spider-Man is in Marvel doesn't get a cut Eh, I mean that's that's simple. That yeah. simplifies it. Yeah, so like it's like if Spider-Man appears in the Avengers, so you don't get shit. But if Sony makes their own fucking Spider-Man movie that doesn't have anybody else in it, Marvel doesn't get dick. I mean that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Genki's great. Uh, another character that is really weird. <laughs> Genki great. Yeah. Another another character that's real fucking weird that just kind of keeps showing up, but she got the most fucking marketing is Zendaya. Who 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 is? Uh, Zendaya is a Disney alum, I guess, one one of the new class, and she's the one in the trailer where where she like calls Peter and, and Ned losers for staring at Liz Allen. She's that weird, oh, fr- she's that weird frumpy girl okay. who like Peter goes to leave. He's like, where are you going, Peter? You got fuck fuck cigarette? He's like, I don't give a shit. Go fucking do whatever. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's her entire role. Hmm. And when, when I say that, I don't mean that scene. I mean that specific play out. Where it is, where it is, like, hey, we got the shot and something, and then all of a sudden Zendaya says something. Cut, camera cut to her, and she's being snarky and dismissive. 
That's boring. That happens five times, and then it reveals that, and then it's revealed that she's fucking MJ. <laughs> yeah, it just it's just like a, it's it's essentially like that Dark Knight Rises Robin bit. Uh, where's the, where's the entire movie? Everybody calls her Michelle. They get to the end. It's like, yeah, my name's Michelle, but my friends call me MJ. I, uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I know just the second you said the dark Knight know, rises Robin. I know, scene, it's but like, that is the only fucking oh. parallel I can think. Dude, I was watching at, I was watching, um, a video essay on, Maybe it was scene crafting or composition. No, it was just aspect ratio in cinema and how it can be used to tell a story. And they used a clip for the Dark Knight Rises. And I was like, first off, you're killing my you're kill you're killing me willing my willingness to accept any of your opinions here. But secondly, the beginning of the clip that they used, which they didn't need to, uh, they they could have used a shorter clip. But the beginning of the clip is one of the bad guys running running towards down a hallway, uh, preparing to escape Batman, and go around a corner. Yeah, and it's the mo- and it's the scene where uh, Catwoman kicks him in the head, and he's like, "Oh no, I didn't escape. I got kicked in the head." Stuff like that, and. <sighs> You don't even need to rewind it to see that there's just no contact whatsoever uh-huh. between him and the kick, but also the reaction was delayed. Yeah, the, there, there's all kinds of shit like that. Like there was a fucking Batman bit. Like it was, it was a fight scene. Oh, with, it was, a fight scene was with, so bad. It was a fight scene with Batman and Catwoman where one guy just falls over after getting hit by nothing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. During the huge fight. I remember that. Uh, in this, in this, all the fight. In mess. this, all the fighting works really well. Uh, they managed to do a lot of cool stuff with it. Uh, there's a really great Shocker fight where it's where it's the it's a clip from the trailer where Shocker's just fucking like painting him with buses. That sounds cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And so you won't get the Rhino anytime this this century. Here's fucking hoping not. Well, we, not after we, Sony wasted we that need with space, five seconds. We of need clip. space from Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be some distance. 2025, we'll be able to put the Rhino in movies again. <sighs> and so yeah, think th- yeah. Well, Favorite I really, moment. I didn't really explain about fucking the thing I like. The, where the thing I like is the all the things that isn't. So it isn't a Spider-Man origin story. Spider-Man is established. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is a thing, and so it is him. So it is him getting used to what kind of thing he is. Like like, He's like a dick. Like, like what else a, would you say he is? What, what what else would you say it is not? It is not a. It is not a current era superhero movie. Now, what does that mean? I'm interested to see to hear your explanation of that. So, it, so it kind of so it kind of ties into like the origin story stuff. It is not a story about some fucking guy who ends who ends up becoming getting the powers and stuff, and then going off on some fucking giant world saving fucking event that ends with a fucking bunch of blue ships shooting into the sky and everything. That is like 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 that that is kind of what modern superhero movies are. It is terrible villains with not great motivation. Yes, terrible villains with not great motivation shooting blue light beams into the sky holes in order to destroy the world and the superheroes who just fucking put their shit on have to go stop them. This is And also the supervillain in the first movie isn't just an evil version of the superhero. Yes, that yeah that's that's what this is too. Like this is They broke that mold? Yes they did because because the vulture is very, very, very not an evil Spider Man. Thank God. Thank you, th- th- thank you, Marvel, Disney's, the Avengers, Spider-Man's Homecoming. Yeah, and what's what's actually kind of great is, from the Vulture's point of view, this would be a heist movie. Hmm. 
Yeah, because like I was like all of it is like all of it like a lot of the tech that they kind of build is is for the purposes of stealing more tech. Like like That's one of the kind of neato. Like one of the things they get is like this phase shifter thing where they just kind of like put these four cubes down and then and then whatever like is in the space of those four cubes becomes just essentially a gas that you can just pass through just fine. And that's how they that's how they fucking break into like shield and damage control like transport trucks. Cool. Huh. Yeah, so Yeah, so the, the, whole, the whole plot about it is uh it actually is kind of cool where the bad guy's plot ties into the like the plot of the superhero and like his fucking personal stuff happening. Yeah, it feels like you know, it, like some of these movies there you just kind of feel a disconnect from the other movies. It's like where wait, when did this happen? Like wait, with Doctor Strange, it's just kind of like when was all this going on? Oh, yeah, I have on? no idea when that's happening. This is happening around Civil War time when they've when they've established that weird like Avengers base camp upstate. Okay, because I'm happy about that. Yeah, because, because, like, because with this, when yeah. it actually like says like, "Hey, remember those movies? We we're not ignoring the fact that they happened." Because Doctor Strange did that, and it bothered me. Yeah, and that, that's another thing. Like they tie like they fucking tie in. One of one of the reasons that uh, like Tombs is so on this idea of like using of like making alien making like awesome tech out of alien shit is the fact that that alien shit happened at all. Yeah, because like the whole line of like, well, the Avengers deal with worldly threats, we deal with more cosmic threats, and it's like a- aliens weren't cosmic threats, Infinity Stones weren't cosmic threats, or gems. We mean more. Or we mean more than they esoteric cosmic sense <laughs> we mean we deal with what the writers say we are allowed to deal with oh it was just so like look we didn't deal uh, with any of that shit we just got made okay it's like buddy my guy what does that mean <laughs> and, then, and then he just drops the accent like hey look buddy I'm just trying to say the writers didn't think too far ahead about including us in the magic shit we just fucking showed up man I fucking got here like five minutes ago and I'm supposed to go fight aliens and shit what the fuck I technically I'm was just kid. born. I'm only like one year old right now. <laughs> so so anyway, you're asking a plot, lot of me. Part of the plot of this is that uh, Happy Hogan is in New York. He's supposed to be Spider-Man's handler, but he's dealing with moving day, which is taking all of the fancy tech shit out of Avengers Tower and moving it to the Avengers compound. Okay. And so what's their plan with Avengers Tower then? It seems like uh, they're they just are, kind of they're, they're, it's just right there. Now. I think that I think they're gonna like either sell it or put it up as some other kind of thing. As it is, it's just as it is, they're just kind of like leaving. They're just kind of moving out and taking all their shit. They're like kind of moving out of New York, essentially. Well, well, they're, they're moving out. They're moving out of Manhattan, which is not weird because I mean, I guess it's not a bad idea. It, which is, yeah. I mean, that's fine because like every time you're in Manhattan, you're gonna think, well, this is a Marvel movie, right? That skyline seems pretty damn bare with no Baxter Building. No, the Baxter Building would still be there. But and plus, it's not the and plus, it's not the Baxter Building. It's the Avengers Tower. Baxter Building is a different thing. Well, no, no, I realize that. It's just I, that's why I'm saying like I get the skyline's kind of bare when they don't have the rights of Fantastic Four. Okay, yeah, because they yeah, okay, because yeah, yeah. they won't have Avengers Tower. They won't have the Baxter Building. It's just weird. So then, kind of moving given, to a different location. That's gi- fine. Given yeah, given the previous movies, it also makes a bit more sense. Like yeah, I was about to say more Civil like, War? like given the previous. Yeah, because like none of that happened in New York. Well, like none of that happened in New York, but also the fact like t- the the Tony Stark in this seems a bit more conscious of collateral damage. Yeah, more philanthropic. Yeah, so he's like, oh, maybe not a good idea to have a giant fucking middle finger with us living in the center of one of the most populated cities on the planet. 
Let's just uh, move that. Yeah. Let's just move that out to this field next to this school for gifted youngsters. And at the and at the same damn time, it's it's not one of the comic books. They're not gonna. Yeah. They're, they're they're not gonna repeat the comic books because guess what? That's what we have the comics for. Yeah, like, well, even if they are going to repeat the comics, if they're, they're going to do something different, by all means, go for it. Yeah, and if it even, works, it works. And if even if they, well, and even if they are going to repeat the comics, they, they aren't just doing like a fucking beat-for-beat beat repeat. It's like taking ideas from the comics and making them work within their set world. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, so, Overall, yeah, what yes, would you give this movie? Oh, fucking... Uh, I really want to give it a five out of five. But you know, there was probably some things that weren't perfect about it. Well, well, well for, for me, like five out of five doesn't mean perfect. It means as when did you go see it? Uh, yesterday. So you've had time to calm down. Five out of five would be fair. Yeah. Like it, it, it really kind of, it really fucking holds up. I no, actually probably four and a half out of five though because uh that's fair that's fair because there is this weird running joke where people want to fuck aunt may and i just I, it is not funny um like, i think like, it's funny because she's been because in all walks of media she's just been consistently getting younger and younger yeah like speaking of the fucking ultimate ultimate universe like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'd fuck that aunt may i'd fucking go to pound town that shit like, I mean, look at the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, Aunt May, and I look at Aunt May now. She's literally oh, yeah. half her age. Oh, you're talking about... Oh, never mind. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Get you know what that... they say, older the berry, the sweet of the juice. Get some of that and down nappy looking puss. Bye, everyone. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've learned a lot about each other in the time we've spent together. And... Didn't like didn't didn't like what I found. Okay, uh, well another thing. Okay, so another thing kind of brings the movie down is the whole Liz Allen romantic subplot thing. Do you feel like that was pointless? I felt like it was there because they had a character named Liz Allen and they didn't have Gwen Stacy or MJ in it yet. Oh, that's another. Felt- that's actually something that's going to piss me off in this movie. Where the fuck is Gwen? Why is MJ coming up first? Because fuck you. Fuck them. I'm sick of that. No, no, the reason that is because Sony made those movies with fucking Gwen Stacy in them. And like, oh, we need some space. Uh, Liz Allen, that's a fucking character, right? Is it? Yeah, she is a <laughs> she is a well-known character. She was married to Harry Osborne for a while, had his kid. Wasn't there someone even before Liz Allen? Probably. I thought I had read a lot of Spider-Man, I guess not. Because it wasn't Gwen Stacy. It was like some it was like some brief technicality that Gwen Stacy technically wasn't the first. Love interest. I think it was Liz Allen. It might have been that. Yeah. yeah no, Pete. Betty Brand. Betty Brand. That's what I'm thinking of. Betty Brand. Oh yeah, she, yeah. Um, actually, in this, uh, Betty Brand is actually in this. She is a reporter for the uh, for the school that Peter goes to for their like lo- for the, like local CCTV news feed. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. It it was it, Betty it, Brand was the first love interest for Spider Man, and she, I think she was. Married to Ned, so I'm happy they switched that around. Yep, let me because technically Ned is like what 15, 16 in this movie, uh, probably. But, but like, no, in this, she is also 15 or 16. Oh, 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 when you said news reporter, I thought like for I, I, I thought like you know, Channel 5 News or something. Mm. Oh, actually, uh, apparently, apparently, Ned in the movie is that Ned. 
Ned Leeds? Yeah. Apparently Ned Leeds yeah, is were... the Ned who is Peter's best friend. Yeah, no, I knew that. That's what I was making the comment of I... like I'm happy to kind of switch that up because that could have been weird with a 15 year old. Oh yeah, well yeah, it was, yeah. Betty is in. Yeah, Be- Betty just kind of shows up uh, a couple times on like the fucking newsfeed. She is a co-anchor of the school's fucking news okay. thing, which is just like okay. this, which is like this really horribly produced fucking garbage news thing that is kind of amazing because 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 it is something that it is something that is produced by teens who don't know dicks about production. So there is a whole chance for the whole Ned Leeds Betty Brant thing. That's yeah. cool. I like to see how that goes. It's just, I, I feel like they have potential to do similar things, but different enough for them to be interesting. So, yeah. I mean, that's, and, that's, that's the trend that I'm hearing uh, fr- from you. Yeah. And final thing, they recontextualize Flash Thompson and it is fucking great. Oh, wow. Almost right about What's that. he like? What'd they do? Uh, they made him, they made him just a douchebag. Like he like so so the school so the school that Peter goes to is a school specifically for like genius level people who are going into like STEM fields. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't make a lot of sense for Flash Thompson, football player and dickhole. So instead, so instead he is Flash Thompson, genius and dickhole. Like he fucking rolls up to school in like some fucking like sports car. He wears fucking pop collars all the time. Uh, he he is an amateur DJ. Oh. Man, they went the extra mile with making him sound like a douche. Oh yeah, he is the he is the biggest fucking prick, and he hates Peter because he knows Peter is smarter than him, but he has more money, so fuck him. Did the, he make any mention of him having any military interest? Nope. Damn it! The, we're not getting. Well, Agent, there goes. We're not getting Agent Venom. You knew exactly what I was going to ask. Of course it did. That's the only reason people talk about Flash Thompson nowadays. Because he's cool. Because yeah, without his Agent legs, Venom is fantastic. All, all, of, all of his jerkiness was in his legs. Yeah, Agent Venom is the best thing that has ever happened to Venom or Flash Thompson. All of his jerkiness was in his legs. Yeah, and then they tore that in half by making him Venom Venom again. Yeah. <sighs> because we can't be too different for too long. Thanks, Marvel. Yeah, so Yay, I, comic books. I goddamn love this movie. It did a it did a fucking great job differentiating itself from every other fucking Marvel movie. It did a great job recontextualizing like the vast majority of things in the Spider-Man canon while still keeping them recognizable as the Spider-Man canon. I just like that it feels like there's an appropriate like the actor's the appropriate age for the character this Oh yeah, time. like the fuck, Oh yeah, like instead of being 10 years older than he's, than he's the character he's playing, he's only 3 years older than the character he's playing. Which is fine. <laughs> I mean, I also like, am. Tom McGuire was cool and all, but a Spider-Man in his twenties is kind of weird when he's just figuring it out. You can't fool me into thinking that's supposed to be that this actor who's in mid or late twenties is supposed to be a high schooler. I also find it really hilarious that that the, that the youngest person to ever play Spider-Man goes up against one of Spider-Man's canonically oldest villains. Yeah. Oh, you remember the part in the TV series when the vulture was like had like gloves that would let him leech youth from people, and he turned yeah. Spider-Man into a cr- crotchety old guy? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That. that was a weird era. But yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the I feel like the whole reason that they actually made the vulture the villain was because they cast a guy who was eighteen. <laughs> I feel like, like they did it in like part it. to tie into the um, last of the previous movies. Because in the last of the previous movies, don't we see like we see vulture wings? All of the yeah, we see a set of vulture wings hanging in the background. So yeah, we also see all octopus arms. And they were like, yeah, we did octopus already. Fuck, let's do vulture. God damn it! So Sony's like, no, okay. So what we want is we want a goblin and a venom movie, and then fucking Kevin Feige walks and just slaps somebody. 
I'm and, just happy they're doing something. Different. And it's like, hey, you know, hey, you know what fucking villain we're getting? He just snaps his fingers, then like an actual vulture just flies and just. Ah, ah! And it dies on the table in front of them. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> and then and then his stomach just like slowly bursts open, and the picture of Michael Keaton flies out. It's like that's who's that's who we're getting as the fucking villain. That's who's playing him. Peace out, and then he just fucking disappears. Couldn't you have just? Couldn't you have just told us? PowerPoint. No. He, he, he then reappears. Yeah, he I then reappears slap. and slaps that person again. I see. Marvel, bitch. <laughs> no, just as they leave, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, just, just just like a sock <laughs> of water tribe exit. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, that this reminds me. That reminds me of my actually my actual favorite thing about this movie. Oh, tell me. Okay. For the Marvel splash art intro. Instead of having the regular violin buildup or whatever, they do a violin like rendition of that epicness of the Spider-Man theme song. I'm happy with that. Yeah, like fucking Spider-Man, Spider-Man does Good whatever a spider can. But they do that with the fucking grandiose nature and the fucking like entire string chorus that they usually do for their that they usually do for their own fucking stupid logo music. I don't like that they changed the logo thingy, the logo splash intro from like the comic book pages to their own movies. It's like, yeah. whoa, let's slow down Disney's Marvels, the Avengers, Not the Ages of Ultron. Yet. You've had like five movies. Let's chill. Let's not break our arm. Let's not break our own arms and pat ourselves on the back too hard. Yeah. Also, also the fact that the logo, like that splash animation is now fucking like 40 seconds. Yeah, if anything, there's if anything I've taken from Cinema Sins is that forty seconds of logos is too much. No, that's the thing. it's not forty, 40 seconds, seconds of, of logos is way too much. No, that's the thing. It's for not 40, one logo. It's, it's not forty seconds of logos. It's forty seconds of logo. It, 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 that mm-hmm. that's not okay. No, it is not. It's like, like yeah, Marvel. Like, I know fuck. you're the fucking. I know we, you're the fucking like. We know who did this movie. Yeah, we. I am aware that Kevin Feige will basically one day be able to entomb himself in a coffin of money, in a pit of money, in a mausoleum of money, in a, in a cemetery made of money. Like, who made this has not been lost on us. Just fucking put your dicks back in your pants or put your labial flaps back in your pants or whatever the fuck you got. And calm the fuck down. You can have too much cocaine. So is that the highlight movie for you this week? Oh, fuck yeah. I, I And honestly, what else came out, really? Yeah, I mean, what the fuck else am I going to talk about? Baby Driver? Which I saw as a double feature I heard that this. was pretty good. I eh. heard that was pretty good. Okay. I've heard good and disparaging things about it. So. I'll just fucking roll. I'll just fucking roll and go into my fucking thing. Yeah, I saw Baby Driver as well. In... I do not like Ansel Elgort at all. I heard the ending was shit. Kinda. A, a lot. I heard uh, the ending was completely flaccid. Uh, it, yeah, it kind of was actually. Because every everybody that you really, everybody like who's been introduced, who's like the market's been around, they just die. Really quickly. Without a whole lot of fanfare to them, except for John Hamm. Like and Jamie Jamie Fox dies wearing like fucking laser tag glasses. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Baby Driver is the newest movie from Edgar Wright. He made the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, also known as Three Flavor Cornetto trilogy. He did Space. He's 
that Scott Pilgrim, he left Ant-Man. Very big deal. And the and this is and this is like kind of like his first like really big return to major, major motion pictures and it is a movie that for the first time in a long time feels like it's trying to get you to buy a soundtrack. Because according to every interview I've seen about this movie, the production of this movie began with Edgar Wright building the soundtrack. And then hmm, specific- that doesn't mean he's trying to get you to buy the soundtrack. And then specifically editing and building the movie to be in time with the music. And that's actually my favorite part of it, because it turns the movie into well, almost... Well, that is part of the story. Yeah, it, it turns the movie into almost a musical. Like one of our, I mean, our- I still want to see it, but I'm not going to be... I'm not like chomping at the bit to see it. Yeah. Like one of our, like our first, our, one of our first like introductions to uh baby is him essentially doing the Spider-Man three jazz walk down the street. Oh Lord. But it's different with this because he knows he's being a fucking dork. He's just fucking geeking out to his goddamn music and he don't give a fuck. He's, he's not trying. He's not, don't go down there thinking like, Oh yeah, I'm the fucking coolest dude in the goddamn planet. Well, yeah, He's like he's like going down there and like yeah I can fucking like fake jazz played with my reflection going over this fucking trumpet in like a window but like and I'm gonna do it because fuck you I love this song all the best things with Ansel Elgort are him just dorking out over music and just gonna like like doing like really dumb bullshit just singing along dancing to his fucking apartment with his foster dad that whole thing I I love I love him in those scenes. But whenever he tries to talk, he feels like somebody from a mumblecore movie who escaped into the mainstream. A what? Mumblecore. It's the fucking kind of movie where everybody fucking like talks in real low tones, kind of mumbles through all their shit. And it's a lot of movies about like really high melodrama. Oh, so I would hate them then. Yeah. And he sounds like that. He fucking sounds like he's trying to talk like that and shit. And it is just a fucking nightmare watching him try to act. Especially alongside fucking Kevin Spacey and John Hamm. Like, Kevin Spacey, he's not really doing anything that impressive, and a lot of his dialogue is purely expository, so it comes off as incredibly forced. But him, but he's he's he's, he's playing a character who Kevin Spacey has fucking mastered to the point where he can play him in his sleep. So it all still plays mm-hmm. fine. John Hamm is the best character in the movie. As Buddy, uh, part of a, like, part, part, one of the one of the only, like, returning crew members. And he's he's just great. He has like a lot of charisma to him. He works really well with uh he works really well just like trying to give Ansel Elgort any kind of like on screen presence of personality. And him and him and with Darling, that works just really well. And then him making his turn into being like full on villain is great. Uh Lily James I don't feel like she exists. Well, I I think she's fine, but she doesn't really I'm forgetting her face as I'm talking about her. <laughs> That's a little of an impact that made on. Yeah, I can, I, I, I can, I can empathize with that. I could see, I could see how that would be pretty dismal to have just a character that feels like there's this. It's like, why are you here? You know, she's there because plot. Exactly, but that's yeah. just like. And Jamie Fox is a fucking joke. That bad, huh? Like Jamie Foxx is supposed to be the dangerous one. Like his his whole thing is that his character is like this fucking 
horrible monster who's done all the horrible shit and just kills people willy-nilly and even kills part of his own crew and is like, oh, I'm fucking dangerous. But he dresses and looks like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> you just don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, like when we're introduced to him, he's wearing a fucking bright red sweater with a fucking diamond-encrusted king playing card on it while he's wearing fucking like really fucking overpriced sunglasses and a baseball cap that is on backwards, crooked, and off of his head. It's like, oh, you're a criminal. Aren't you adorable? It just might as well might as well have had just criminal labeled on him with like a sticky note. No, n- not even that. What what should have what should have happened? What should <laughs> have, man. What, what he should have had was he should have had like a fucking name. He should have like a fucking nameplate with like, "Hi, my name is fucking insert celebrity name here," and then a post-it note over that that says "criminal." Naughty boy. Because it, he looks like somebody who who has heard of what a criminal is, but hasn't like fully grasped it. And he is as he's fucking driving his fucking sports car through Beverly Hills. Well, I'll well I'll ask this then. Would you recommend this movie? Eh. Like, is it is it worth seeing even even with all of the these faults going on? Uh do you feel like they take away from any fun you you could have with it? Yeah, for me at least. I mean that's fair. I mean that like I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah, like like for like for me um the thing that really sold this movie for me or the thing that I really enjoyed watching this movie is the editing and like the editing and the way that like the the acting and everything has been has very specifically been timed to the music. You feel like that's where it shines. Yeah, yeah, like uh this is actually kind of this is actually kind of a thing um so uh baby he times all of his fucking uh, he times all of his uh, heists and stuff to a song. So, so like, there, there's a point where they're going to go do something. And it's like, oh, hold on, we got to restart the song, and actually, it fucking rewinds the song back to the start of it, so that the song will be playing properly, so that he's able to time things up to the beat. And like, even him like walking down the street and stuff, he's still doing that to music. And that's something I do. Like, I will find. Do my, you feel like I will like find myself fucking like I like listening to, mu- listen to music. I will just fucking find myself specifically actually like measuring my gait so that I am stepping in time with the music mm-hmm. and that all works. And like the way that the, um, the way like the gunshots and like the tires and like the car chases and everything like that is timed with this music. It all works. They play a percussive role. Yeah. It, it all works incredibly well and actually adds a lot of punch to the fucking soundtrack and actually feels like it has, it feel like it is a real part of the movie and the sound editing itself has been fucking great. Like there are, multi, like there are a bunch of times where, Baby, like, take out his earphones and then just throughout throughout the fucking mo- throughout the like the editing, the audio, you will just hear like a tinnitus hit hum. Oh, cool! Yeah, and then I'll put the music. Do you back. feel like if it tried to focus more on that and be less of what el- of what else it was trying to be, it would have been better? I feel like it would have been better if they just had like made a better crime movie. If they they had like given like the people who were part of his crew more presence and made them like feel more real it had like given a person it had like given baby an actor who actually had some level of charisma to him <laughs> i fucking hate this guy and i don't know why hmm. just him acting, does he just have a very punchable face oh fuck yes he he's a guy who fucking made his uh career who like made his fucking breakout onto the scene in fucking ya adaptations Ooh. yeah he he is known for the fault in our stars and the divergent series Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Wasn't he the love interest in the Divergent series? Uh, he was one of like the seven, I think. 
Oh, was he the dick pants? I can't remember. I, I, ha- I haven't spent a lot of time with the Divergent series, but from what I've seen of the Honest trailers, there's like a new love interest introduced every 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, but he was all he was also like the main love interest guy in Fault in Our Stars. Or maybe he was the brother or something. I, I think he was the brother. I don't film. know, and I really don't care. It's, Unt- it's been like a year since until the until the day comes where I surreptitiously where I fucking just like sarcastically say coming soon for Divergent and then end up making us watch <laughs> Divergent. I would end you. I know that's not even a joke. You well, actually, have- I wouldn't end you. I just quit. You they're not ha- bad. They're not great. You didn't have to be. You don't have to be on that. Like we have other people. I just quit because that's cruel. That is cruel and unusual punishment, and you're well aware of it. I've made you watch worse. Have you made a watch? I Tusk know. Yet? Tusk, not not Tusk yet. Soon. <laughs> when Tusk comes to Netflix, that's when he'll be able to make me watch it. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, I guess like. I have other stuff, but Cap is Cap will have to be bouncing soon. So, I, so Cap, what have you been watching then? Before I go back to my stuff after you after you, fi- um, you became finished up. Well, from what I've seen recently, I, I again I'm not really the person who watches all the new movies. I kind of just watch movies. Yeah, I really. Got, I got lucky to see fucking two hot new releases because because they happen to come out when I got paid. Yeah, I wish I had. A day off sooner than today. This is my first day off in the last week. We can. Oh, honey, and he's spending it recording for this instead of playing D and D. Oh, trust me, I've been I've been spending so much my day doing like I literally spent like a solid two hours. I'm like I'm a video game. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna spend some portion of my day just choosing actively, making the conscious decision to not be productive. So. I had my own small victories today. That's me literally every day. But um, I've kind of had this little kick. I've, I've had this little Crooked Cop movie um, and uh, Southeast Asian film kind of kick going on lately, of which there is a remarkable crossover of both genres. Have you seen Infernal I Affairs? Um, not yet, but what I have watched are three films as a reason. I mean, we can count the Incredibles today, but that's not, it's not a conversation worth, ha- worth having. It's the Incredibles. <laughs> it's a Brad Bird film. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Incredibles is great. Um, Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. I watched Sicario, Brooklyn's Finest, The Raid 2, Dude. which was really good. Dude! I still need to watch the original The Raid. Dude! Uh, that one's much more brutal and kind of grounded in a little more realistic, brutally brutal situations. But the Raid Two is still a fantastic movie. Yeah, and I also need to watch that British one about aliens. Attack the Block, dude. Yes, Attack the Block, motherfucker. But um, I kind of went from a crooked cop films to Southeast Asian action films. I literally watched Sicario to Brooklyn's Finest to the raid to to the man from nowhere <laughs> that's a path and i because i was like oh wait i'm watching the raid too what else is a really good movie that i watched oh the man from nowhere that's a really good one just stuff like that and i was just like oh fuck i love these movies because i haven't seen the man from nowhere in like almost a year and a half and it's just it's such a it, it feels cheesy at first. It feels really anime at first. But then when you watch the whole thing, you're like, you, you, you're just actively thinking to yourself, fuck, this is so good. 
there's just something about angry man with very good military skills going on a murderous rampage. It's why we love John Wick too. That's why we love Sicario. That's why we love the man from nowhere. The, just, um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I'll go over each of them brief, uh, briefly. The Sicario is a is uh, it's essentially a drug cartel movie. It follows um, Emily Blunt in her one expression uh, <laughs> through her eyes. <laughs> And she's going into. She is literally the Elijah Wood of modern film. She always, always, always looks deeply concerned about something and or about to burst into tears. Elijah look Wood at a is screen fine. cap of Frodo. Look at a screen cap of Frodo Baggins at any point in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. He oh. looks like he's about to sob. <laughs> I, and then aware, look at I'm Emily Blunt. That, but have you mother in Sicario or Edge of Tomorrow? But, um. It if, follows. If you got the chance, essentially... check out Dirk Gently, motherfucker. Elijah Wood's great in that. I will. I will take a look into that because honestly, I can't have enough movies. It's why I'm on this podcast. Um, Apparently, it's a TV show. And it's fucking weird as hell. Fucking Brad Dourif's daughter plays a regular character. Yep, um, she, she, Brad Dourif's daughter is a holistic assassin who just murders whoever is in front of her. Yeah. But uh, it essentially I, just I, follows I the eyes. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That and I need to watch way more. You really do. Yeah. Season two coming soon, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, it essentially follows through the eyes of Emily Blunt's character as she sees kind of how deep the rabbit hole goes in terms of tracking down drug cartels and what the CIA and internal affairs and FBI and all of that stuff goes uh, j- just to catch the people that they're looking for and what they're willing to do to just kind of. It- it's a lesser of two evils film it's it's a it's a the devil you know film where the movie where the story takes itself and i think it's fantastic because it's all that hidden in a revenge story that you don't see until maybe over halfway through the film um there's too many twists and turns that i don't want to spoil for anyone who hasn't seen sicario because that one is more dependent on its plot than a spider-man film would be that's not something you can really say, well, this is all that happens. This is who was in it. This is the role they played and then still be able to enjoy it. It's not a superhero film, honestly. Um, I believe Soledad, the sequel to that, or Soledado, one of those things. It's coming out in 2017 sometime. Can't fucking wait for that. Uh, Broken's Finest, it's like a 2009 film or something, just a crooked cop thing. Follows, it's like one of those uh, stories that follows separate stories of different characters that don't interact with each other until the, the this kind of like crashing point in the plot where all the stories of each individual characters that were seemingly separate from one another interact. And it just follows Crooked Cop cop undercover who's, go, who's frightfully going native and wants and isn't sure if he wants out anymore. Uh, old cop who's who's not a week from retirement. They've retired and they don't know how to retire. Uh, stuff like that. It's 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 fucking fun. It's a honestly, it's its own. It's it's a well deserved. It's well. It's gone above and beyond to earn its title of a classic. Highly recommend that. It's a fucking phenomenal film. Um, Raid Two sequel to the Raid Redemption. Both of them sound like sequels, but the Raid Redemption's the first one. It's a fucking brutal action film with some kick-ass action. I believe it's a Malaysian film. I could be totally wrong. I just know that it's Southeast Asian. Maybe it's Polynesian. One or the other. Do not watch either of these films 
subbed or, or uh, dubbed. It's garbage. The dubbing is horribly done. But the dub is why I watch foreign films. It's better to watch it subbed because it, it, I mistakenly watched the first chunk of the Raid Two uh, dubbed because I wasn't sure uh, like if I had the right film first. And I just was trying to get to some dialogue to see if I had the right one. It sounds so deadpan. The the dub there's there's no life in it whatsoever. Oh, it's not like funny dub. It's not. It's not even fun dub. It's like we we, we dub this for American audience. You watch now. Uh, like the, I mean, the first time I saw the I mean, the first time I saw it, I saw it on TV, uh, subbed. It was like part of a Southeast Asian. Uh, like action marathon and like spike or something which i'm amazed that spike would do that and dedicate so much time to foreign films but eh, spike is supposed to be like the guy network which is I mean, like you'd expect things like death race on that channel so and so the fact that i'm getting a fully subbed uh polynesian film or malaysian film i'm fucking psyched at i am so happy they did that because i never would have seen uh, the raid. Otherwise, I mean, I probably would have seen it later because my friend's obsessed with Southeast Asian action films. That's how I saw the Man from Nowhere. Also, because the internet is obsessed with fucking the raid. Because they're just good ass films. They're so well directed. Oh, yeah, they and are. And, um, and Western films are finally taking notes. Like yeah. John Wick Two, the action in that move that movie was choreographed beautifully. And the reason I liked it so much was like, oh, this reminds me of the action from The Raid. Yeah, that, that's because a lot of people directing good. those fucking movies are like stunt coordinators. It's good shit. I yeah. love it. Stunt teams are finally um, getting some real work. The Raid 2, uh, it's almost entire. You could honestly watch that movie without having seen The Raid 1. Like, that's how disconnected it is. It's oh, a yeah. little jarring at first. A little weird in some places. A little kind of like in uh dis dis what's the word i'm looking for disconnected Di incongruous you, thank you um not enough to make you not enjoy the film honestly it's just something you can be like eh whatever i could ignore this i'm enjoying the film it does yeah, not like, like that, fir your that, that, that first that first one is kind of uh, just kind of like talked about like a fully compressed thing because it's a fairly simple story like i need to get out of here and yeah. everybody in this building is trying to kill me yeah essentially they go they raid a dr a, a drug hive if you will things go to shit now you have to fight your way out of what is essentially uh like a mile like a two mile wide apartment complex filled to bursting with armed criminals yeah and it's how dread got a script i guess yeah i was about to say didn't they do that in dread like didn't yeah. they like i feel like they stole that yeah but instead of being two oh, miles wide it's two miles tall but um, they just, took, they just took the movie and turned it on its head. Literally, just fucking watch both of them. Just watch both of them. Yeah, they're both they're fucking so great. fucking. But good. yeah, like with with the raid two, they gave it like an actual plot. It was an okay plot. It was one of those undercover things. How do you deal with being undercover and earning someone's trust? Stuff like that. Yeah, but then you got that guy with the fucking um, baseball bat and hammer lady. Yeah, that, those were weird. They felt out of place. It was like, yeah, you would have had a place in Raid Redemption. They but felt, you, they, you felt weird like, they felt like mid bosses, but they were really cool mid bosses. I mean, they were just one of those quirky characters where it's like, I know that this is a Raid film, but you, I feel like you don't belong in this the Raid film. <laughs> it because it, 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 it was one of those matters where it's like, well, why not just have people with guns? I mean, I know that in the first film, you can't have uh, every you can't have a gun for everybody because you're kind of a ramshackled duct taped uh 
organization going on here. But this is like highly organized suit and tie, own chunks of the city crime syndicate. Yeah, and they can't and have it's guns like, because it's if like, they did, it can be a martial arts movie. Exactly. And it's like, oh, you have hammers and a baseball bat. Well, it's like, well, you know, like drug addict down the street who had a shotgun under the desk. I'm just going to get him to do the work for me. <laughs> but then before the shotgun goes off, you can hit the face of the baseball. What? Uh, Nobody expects the baseball. Nowhere. That's just another man on a warpath movie. Um, except it tears at your heartstrings <laughs> because the girl in it, the girl, the, the little girl actor, the child actor in it is actually a good child actor and she's cute as hell. And you're like, Oh, this might as well be my daughter here. It's, it's uh, like, Oh wait, right. I need to care about people. That's the beginning. It starts happens. out a little slow and confusing. Cause it's like, why am I supposed to care about this? Why am I supposed to expect anything from this weird anime guy? Who and literally then, looks like he's a, an anime shonen dropout, and then you realize he's actually just a really torn to pieces character that you care about entirely, and it, it's 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 really fucking good. Like, there's so much into it that I feel like talking about too any too, too much of any part of the plot would be spoilers, just because it's it, it it's it, it drags you from point to point, and. If you like a good revenge film, Which you do. watch watch Man from Nowhere. Because there's guns in it. There are guns in it. It's not just purely like, oh, all of these gangsters that are following around this million dollar worth son of a mob boss as bodyguards. Oh, what's that? They only have knives? <laughs> no, these people have guns. Some of these people are enforcers so they just carry around a nasty looking hatchet but he gets a gun he gets trench knives he gets all stuff like that and it's it's good it's it's like that's such that's such a base way to describe a film of something like this just watch it you'll say that was a good film man south korea coming up in the fucking film industry oh yeah train to basan mm. yeah. mm. old boy snow piercer Oh yeah, there's a fucking lot of real good talent coming out of fucking South Korean. Pardon? Or is that Japanese? Is what? The 1963 film High and Low, I believe. No, it was Japanese. It's just another very, very, very well directed film. I'm just trying to remember if that was South Korean as well, because I agree, South Korea. High and Low. High and Low. Akira Kurosawa. Yep. And Toshiro Mifune. Which I should know because because Kurosawa is. is incredibly talented yeah and it's got and it's got Toshiro Mifune in it because of course it does he was the guy who was in Rashomon Seven Samurai The Hidden Fortress Throne of Blood and Yojimbo Yojimbo but um I mean that's what I've watched they're not new at all you can find them anywhere um you don't need new shit around here they're they're fun they're really good ass films alrighty then Caveman. What have I been watching? Uh, well, let's start off with... Well, something childish, huh? I've been watching Troll Hunters. Troll Hunters. That's a Netflix uh, TV show, and it's surprisingly good. I watched the first episode and was turned off because their teeth are individually made, and it's freaky. <laughs> <laughs> I could fit a penny teeth. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. 
but it's once I was able to get for past my, yeah, that, once I was able to get past my it's teeth the uncanny out, valley, um, but for teeth, I was actually able to find a pretty well written kids show, and I love well written kids shows. So as you might be able to guess, I'm watching the fuck out of it. Oh yeah, this is that Guillermo del Toro shit. Oh yeah, it is from Guillermo. Guillermo blah, blah, blah. Words in my mouth. It is from Guillermo del Toro. I'm not the good point with is about a good TV show that's for kids. If it's well written, that means its lessons and its points can transcend age. And I oh, think man. that's what's important. Anton Yelchin was in it. It's a great show. I hope they get more seasons because no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that like Anton Yelchin is. He's dead now. Oh, oh. Yeah, he was that. He was uh, Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies. When did this happen? Uh, Anton Yelchin, he died uh, last year. Uh, a car pinned him to a fucking mailbox. I heard nothing about this. That's a damn shame. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he passed away, I think, around the release of uh, Star Trek Beyond. May he rest in peace. Yeah, and like, and like, if it, it like the end of that movie was like fucking, uh, they were doing like the to absent friends thing, and and Anton Yelchin was fucking dead in the middle of the frame. It's like they knew. Yeah, that that guy was a very. It seemed like he was gonna be big, and I mean like deservedly big. So yeah. So did you watch anything else, Cave? <laughs> yes, I've watched. I was about to say it was just quite a dour note. There's really not way. Yeah, I know. It's just, wanted, trans out of that, it transitioned out of that cleanly. Yeah, sorry. It just, I, I wanted happens. to. I want. I want. I want to keep talking about troll hunters for a minute. Go for because it. Because it has. There is a message that they try and make clear from the very beginning, and it is a message that I think needs to be made clear. Pineapple courage is not about never being afraid. It's about being afraid and not letting it stop you. And one of the like one of the number one troll hunter rules is always be afraid. <laughs> fear sharpens your mind. Uh, when you freeze up because of fear, that you die. You troll Arrogance. hunter. You troll hunter have the ability to overcome great fear. Welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, that might be why I love Green Lantern so much. Any hoozles. <laughs> um. Any hoozles. Uh, it's it's a great show. Um, it's a bit predictable, as most children's shows are. Um, your fat sidekick seems like he's just there for comedy, but we know from the big blur of color and brightness that is their uh, intro image that he's eventually going to be an important combat feature. Um, yeah, everybody needs, every, every party needs a tank. I still do not... I, it still baffles me when we've got a kid that's been chosen to be the hero, but at least in this one, it's like, a, we don't want you to do this, but you have to. <laughs> Which the problem, is the problem wow. is a fucking dick bag. They don't have any fucking age of consent in this shit. Just look. <sighs> I want that. I want the fucking. I want a fucking like actual thing where like the council of elders see see the results. Just like ah fuck. Well, everybody except for the trainer and the trainer's pet is the best way I can describe the other troll that we meet at the beginning. Is like, are you serious? It's not only a youngling, but it's a human. 
This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Hopefully it'll die happen. quickly. Yeah, just well, we're all fucked. We're moving to Troll Mexico. Um, but the animation style actually reminds me. Well, not the style, the color palette and things like that. Remind me of another show that I've been watching. One that I've sung the accolades of many a time, and I'm going to do it again because fuck enough of you aren't watching this show. Is it Ninjago? No, it's Slug Terra. <laughs> not watching it. Can't make me. Every time, every time you say it, I keep thinking you're saying Slug Terror, but, but like, we're like you know, kind of like street. It's like yo, More man, like got that Slug, slug Terror. Terrible. If you like westerns, you like Pokemon, and you like well-written kids shows, give Slug Terror a chance. Sorry, I like two you don't out of like those Madden three things. For kids that much. You don't like what? Madden for kids. <laughs> Fantasy football for kids. You've lost me entirely. It's fine. Dead God, and that's all that matters. I didn't get it. I don't think I actually got it. Just, just coming out like, like yeah, we're talking about fucking slugs. I don't like football for kids, and then just going. Eh, I'm just, I just, I, it's one of those things I just can't get into. Well, this is actually, I haven't seen any toys for this show, which actually bothers me a little bit. <laughs> it's like, damn it, why aren't you trying to merchandise on this really good idea, you fucking uh, assholes? I just Googled it. I found like some slugs? toys. They're just not sold in my area, apparently. <laughs> okay. Ooh, it's so they do have toys. So, yeah, it's Canadian. You it's know, a really well-written show. It's really yeah. well-written, written, solidly animated. Um, it's got the same issue that I have with all kids shows of why is a teenager saving the world? Because fuck you. Do I got an answer for that. No. A, te- a, te- eh, a teenager too. is saving right. the world because a teenager is young enough that the audience, that the target audience can relate to them, but not so old that it's fucking like alienating. I'm sorry. When you say animated children's yeah, I- show in Canada, all I can think of is Total Drama Island and Sixteen. Oh, hey, fuck you! Total Drama Island was a fucking masterpiece of Canadian animation. Teletoon, my dude. Teletoon. <laughs> and oh. Johnny Test. Thanks, Canada. Thanks for that. There's one show that I keep thinking of whenever I think of Canadian animation. Yeah, Zix. I've heard of Atomic Betty. (laughs) I like Atomic Betty. Fuck you. Yeah, so uh, Zix is a very weird show where it was a combination of live action and CG animation. Where where it had live action segments and then the characters would go into a game, like like a game-like kind of world thing. And then it would all switch over to CG animation where they all had their own fucking individual avatars and stuff. What else has Teletoon blessed us with? George of the Jungle, Totally Spies, Caillou. Totally Spies is awesome, and George of the Jungle, the first one, was good. Caillou's a bunch of hot garbage. No, 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 the TV shows. These are all TV shows. Oh, there was a George of the Jungle TV show? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. My Dad, the rock star. Oh, okay, actually, yeah, this makes sense now. Uh, It's a... I was I looked at the fucking like image of fucking George the Jungle. I was like, oh, it looks like a fucking Flash cartoon. It was made using Flash. Okay, I take it back. They gave us Clone High. <laughs> that was see- the one thing that they've done good. Did you see the pool? They flipped the bitch. <laughs> okay, so enough. I've, I've, if you want to hear about Slug Terra, just go 
watch our shows in the past or listen to our podcasts in the past because I've talked about it like 16 times. Oh, shit. I, um, I did not know this, but apparently Clone High was made by Lord Miller. Fucking watch Slotera. If you like children's television, watch Slotera. It's actually good. Fucking I'm watch not Clone lying. High. It's. I know you got a whole thing going on, but like I just saw that. I was like, oh, right, Clone High is a fucking thing, and it's awesome. Is it oh, on Netflix? Fucking great. Uh, it should I be, honestly. Maybe, I don't know. Let me just double check. Yeah, Clone High was fucking made by Lord Miller. The guys who did the fucking 22, the 22 Jump Street movies and the fucking Lego movie. That makes yeah, way Clone more, High is not on Netflix. It makes way more sense than it should. And now to move from the area of children, which is my uh, preferred watching zone, I prefer to watch children's television, into something far more adult. Leverage. I have never actually been able to finish this series because every time I get started, someone joins in and wants to start from the fucking beginning. (laughs) Can you quote the first episode now? No, because I stopped watching after a while. (laughs) But I can relate the plots to you of like the first three episodes almost verbatim. Okay. Let me see. Uh, first episode, which is the um, obvi- the plane caper, where our he- where our heroes are hired to steal some blueprints because he's the good guy who needs to get the plans back that were stolen from him. Blah 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 blah. Lies bullshit. Blah blah blah. They steal from it. They steal from the actual good guys, and then they always get blown up. So they decide to take revenge on the vile corporation who wants to destroy them and their lives. Woo, whatever. Yeah. Um, the next one is when they rob a private military concern to pay for a soldier's treat. Then the one after that is when the guy who was on the librarians wants to get back with his ex-girlfriend so they steal a horse and wind up having to deal with the villain air quotes for the series. (laughs) And also the burden of horse ownership. Yeah, those things are fucking expensive as hell. Do you have any idea how much... Also, it's a horse. Where do you put a horse? Up your ass. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any idea how much hay costs? Some teen money. Yes, and I don't have some teen money. I barely have some dread money. I mean, I honestly would think that at some point I would have learned the hay economy, given how many uh, farms there are in Georgia. But it looks like I didn't dedicate as much time to that as I thought I would. Yeah, you're in the film district of Georgia. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every, so, fucking, every fucking movie now has that goddamn peach in it. Yep. What? Not too far from where I am. Yeah, uh, they, like Georgia is now kind of the new mecca of filming. It's the new Hollywood because tax breaks. Yeah, and like every fucking movie now. Oh, like New Orleans. Yeah, now every fucking movie just has like a little peach at the end of it just says, made in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Uh, because because not apparently a single they, thing these days. Because apparently they fucking made in LA. Yeah, because apparently they fucking run out of fucking ever evergreen forests to use in British Columbia. Huh. But I mean, yeah, like <laughs> you see something in LA, there's a chance it might not be in LA. Yeah. 
That could just be a set. Oh, piece. yeah. No. Fuck, Spider-Man was filmed in Georgia. Yep. In fact, I need to go and wash that already because I believe a portion of it was actually filmed in my old high school. Goddamn, fucking, what is, what is it? Uh, Archer is made in Georgia. Yep. Green Lantern was made in New Orleans. How about let's not talk you about You don't Green want Lantern. to. You, why? Why? Why would you say that? Because he's my favorite superhero. Yes, he is. But that movie was garbage. Movie was so terrible. It pisses me off that his movie was so bad. Coming soon. I mean, they did, no. they, they did him dirty with that film. They did real Yeah, hurt. they fucking did. I think that might have. That I think movie. that or Green Hornet might have kicked. Uh, whichever one came first kicked off the, the whole. Oh. DC's not doing too hot with making films. Green Hornet isn't a DC movie. Is it not? No, it's, no, it's not. No, it's not. I really don't know Green Hornet. Yeah, the Green, movie, Green, Hornet that... Green Hornet was just a kind of serial thing that then got uh, fucking published and rebooted for modern ages fucking dynamite. Uh, I mean, the movie only ever seemed eh to me, and it ended up being worse than eh. No, so I, I watched it. It was eh. I'm not shocked that I wouldn't know much about the film, to be honest. Yeah, I, I saw the movie in theaters, and it was eh. They actually reviewed it for the site. Which is, I mean, it's understandable. No one knew how good or bad it was going to be until it came out. Yeah, then it came out. Everybody's like, it was a movie, I think. It was as bad as we thought. Anyway. But for the final thing I watched, um, this is a British cop drama. Uh, Now, I have a question. Have you ever seen Monk? Yes. Have you ever seen Psych? Fuck yes. Have you ever seen those Psych fucking USA shows where it's a normal cop who's trying to do normal cop things, but they keep ca- having to call in on the weird, esoterically talented outside guy? Yes. Yes. All right. Now take those and take a combination of the uh, violence and gore levels from the Hannibal TV series Ooh. and the Dexter TV series, Ugh. put it in some British sensibility, oh. and you've got wire in the blood. Huh? It's a British show from a few years ago. I don't know the exact dates, but it Looking stars about- a. I mean, it sounds charming. Yeah, why are uh, the blood? That's not, this is like a real like fucking like. This is like a real like down like home like homegrown TV show. I'm watching it on Hulu, and every time I Hulu. like every time an episode starts, it's this is for mature audiences only, and they're not fucking kidding. There is tits and bloody bodies like everywhere. It is incredibly violent. Wait a minute, they you mean to say there are tits? Well, it's British, so yeah, yes. titty breasts. My God. Those fucking animals. I know, right? This aired on television, apparently. But um, it, the main character is the guy no, named Tony Hill, who he's the guy, who, he's a psychologist who literally reenacts bits of the murders to help him figure it out. And everyone thinks he's crazy because he fucking is. Like, literally reenacts? Like kills a person or like goes no, just he doesn't through the kill motions. People. He goes through the motions. I mean, it would have been and neat. Like he, he still would have had me it, there. It, it would have been, been cool. He just fucking bring him like a mur- still- like hey like hey this is a rapist. Murder him like he did in the fucking thing. <laughs> this is a rapist. At, Rape him. <laughs> at multiple points, he um, interviews himself as the killer because he thinks he's that far that, into the killer's that kind mind. Of thing. Okay. 
Yeah, he lays down in the same pose as the bodies. Continues having mild relationships with one. Well, she has a mild relationship with one of the killers for an for an episode or two after the killer's been caught. Like he continues interviewing them and talking to them, and they have a slightly flirtatious relationship going on, which is weird. Uh, that, that's real. Oh, I was Hannibal. just gonna say weird. That right there, um, right there is some hmm. real Hannibal shit right there. Um, I mean, so far it's I'm very still... well acted. Um, it's British and it made it to America, so it's you can tell it's probably going to be decent or horrifyingly bad. And this is on the decent end of the spectrum. Yep, and I cannot <laughs> wait for the American adaptation of it. That totally misses the idea. Well, this is from like a decade ago, so I doubt it's popular enough to manage that son at least the s it looks like sd quality so son. but it's gonna happen that good if misfits is happening oh lord i mean time will tell but yeah that's wire in the blood I highly recommend it to anyone any anyone who likes a good murder mystery. I recommend it. They're not the greatest murder. murder mysteries, but it's well acted. It's slightly violent. There were a few scenes where I had to put my hand in front of my face so I wouldn't see, say, a former serial killer masturbating over a uh, picture of a mutilated body because movie. that's what he does. Yeah, it's that's one of the things that's like, this is definitely TVMA. Yeah, that life. it's probably a little bit more than TVMA, if I'm honest. So what you're saying is, watch this with your kids. Oh, definitely. It's They'll a family time watch. to be had by all. Yeah, G- give give them give them an interest in you know forensic you know forensic pathology and stuff real early in life. Let them know how the real world works. Yeah, except not. Remember, kids, one day somebody might murder you and jack off in your body. You need to prepare. You need to be prepared for that. And there's one more thing I've been watching, but we've talked about it so many times. I finally caught up on NCIS. Hallelujah. Why? And (laughs) it's actually, it's pretty damn good. So, yeah, that's why (laughs) I love the show. So thumbs up for me. All right. Thumbs up on Inkus. Anyway. So now you just got to end up waiting for new episodes. <laughs> nah, I've stopped. They got rid of my two favorite characters. So, <laughs> so overall, not worth it. Is NCIS well, that show that had two people hacking on the same keyboard? Yes, that is that show. Okay, that but everything else is stupid. fun. Everything else is good. It's just that part. Yeah, we don't know what com- we don't know what computers is. How to computer? Yeah. So anyway, Cap's got to bounce now. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm still employed. Dark. That's your fucking problem right there. Well, some of us can't always get free money dollars in the mail. That's your own damn fault. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, as always, thanks for having me. I try to make it as, to as many of these as I can, and I'm on a hot streak right now. Maybe yeah. it's a, to, a, to a whole two in a row so far. Yeah. To, to be fair, we did kind of record this really late. I mean, whatever happens, happens. Shit happens sometimes. Life gets in the way. It's no big deal. Yeah. We started recording at uh, 10 at night. Did we really? Yes, God. we did. We were going for an hour and a half, and it's 1130. 
Honestly, part of that's my fault because I had some audio issues before we started recording. Yep. Part of it's my fault but because until... I ate food. Yeah, whatever. Um, until next time, I'll see you guys and whoever happens to be listening to my shrill voice in week, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, time. two weeks. All yes. right, I'll see you guys then. Two weeks. All right. Well, none of that asshole's gone. <laughs> Let's talk about something actually important. Yes, I saw Sasha's party. I keep meaning to watch that. Okay, I I I kind of want to say this, and I'm gonna no, sound, go ahead, spoil it. And I'm gonna sound care. like an asshole. What? This is the almost racist, borderline. It, this this is fucking like like heyday new ground shit. And it is amazing. Oh god! Heyday Newgrounds shit. Yeah, like like so. There there are two characters in this movie. Um, a bagel named Sammy Bagel Jr., who is as Jewish as you can possibly be. And then there is a lavash, which is a Middle Eastern kind of thing. Uh, and the guy and the and the character's name is uh, Abdul Muhammad Lavash. And he is as Middle Eastern as you can be. The two of them are from the same aisle, and they have been having all kinds of really horrible racial things happening between them because because the bagels, they just kind of came in and t- started taking over their aisle, and the bagels are like, hey, man, we need a holy land. We need a fucking homeland to call our own. Oh, no. Don't worry. They, were, they, they make peace in the Middle East by eating ass. Oh, God. That doesn't sound borderline at all. Like I said, this is some heyday new ground shit. So for those who don't know, Sasha's Party is an animated movie uh, from Seth Rogen and his crew. Because Seth Rogen apparently rolls deep. And it is, it's about a bunch of like fucking food and stuff in a supermarket that, uh, that like like their whole fucking goal, their whole like thing in life is to be taken by the gods to the great beyond, where everybody will have sex until they die, then come back to life and have sex more. And our main story focuses on Frank, a hot dog, and Betty Bunsen, a bun. Sorry, Brenda Bunsen, a hot dog bun. And they want fuck. And so. And so, like, they all get fucking taken. Uh, Frank and, uh, well, Frank's uh, package gets taken. Uh, Brenda's bun thing gets taken. But the two of them get left behind because Frank leaves his packaging in order to try to stop a thing of honey mustard from killing itself. Go on. Yeah, because because a guy goes into the store, buys honey mustard, leaves, comes back. It's like, oh, sorry, I thought I, I thought I thought I got mustard, and then tries to return it and replace it. So then the honey mustard gets put back on the shelf because I guess he never opened it, and the honey mustard is just is like traumatized. He's there like, fucking touch me, man. Is there anybody tries to touch him like calm him down and stuff? They are. He's just fucking horribly traumatized because he knows the truth now. Because the movie starts out with a the movie starts out with an incredibly like upbeat fucking like children's movie level song, like even with children's movie level fucking like writing on it where everybody's just thinking about like, Hey, we want just fucking the people to come take us. Everything's great. And then there's some sauerkraut's like, we want to kill the juice. And then you just see the juice. I'll start freaking out. Cause you know, German. 
and yeah, they all, they all get taken. Uh, the honey mustard is about to tell everybody what's going on, and then a bottle of fire water that acts like a Native American person appears, tells him to shut the fuck no. up or I'll cut his head off, and then vanishes back into the woods. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, there's also a taco shell uh, named Teresa Del Taco, uh, voiced by Selma Hayek, who is super religious towards their gods and really wants to fuck Brenda, but won't do it because that goes against the gods' will. Oh, God. Doesn't this... It, this movie ends with an orgy, if I remember. Yes, it does. I've been told. This movie ends with an orgy where there's a scene where Brenda is being eaten out by who she thinks is Frank. And then you just turn over and you see Frank, the bagel, and the lavash all jacking it while a taco eats the end of a hot dog bun. Oh, God. Yep. I fucking love this movie, man. Oh. They, if you like food-based puns, I love puns. You might, you might enjoy this movie because like this is a very good movie. Like, yes, the humor is juvenile and fucking off the goddamn wall, offensive to some people. But I kind of grew up with this kind of humor, man. Like Newgrounds and that side of YouTube that YouTube won't give money to anymore. Like if you fucking watch like that Flash Gets Racist Mario video or any of those fucking or any like kind of like Eagle Raptor stuff or shit like that where it's just they don't give a fuck about what happens and just kind of go off the wall doing whatever the goddamn hell they want. That's what this feels like. There's There's a goddamn... There's a goddamn bottle of tequila called Jose who gets fucking murdered, and then a goddamn thing of sriracha sauce goes like, no way, Jose. He's like, yes way, Jose, because the bad guy's a douche, literally. Oh. There, there's there's a point where the fucking like hot dogs ride into battle, and they're riding into battle on steeds of, ho- of horseradish. The douches, the, like one of the running jokes with the douches is that he says like just kind of random or like not random, like, you know, regular accepted kind of uh, like sayings in, in our fucking in like English language, but that, ha- that have food puns. And then when he says them, the food that it is the pun of is there. Oh, that's food fight levels of cheap joke. No, it works. It works so goddamn hard. Like, 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 there's a point where he, like, there's a point where, uh, he, where, uh, so the douche, so the douche, uh, he got a crack on, like, like, like the, the whole thing that kind of sets everything up is Frank and Brenda getting out of their packaging to go try to save this mustard, which then causes the cart that they're in to flip over, which then leads into a saving private Ryan homage, which is the oh. beach. There's like a fucking Oreo cookie walking around, like fucking just horribly dazed as he picks up the back half of himself. Like, like peanut butter and jelly are there. Jelly got fucking destroyed and is now dead on the floor as peanut butter is doing everything he can to try to put her back together. And yes, that all happens. And Why all, you cause me pain, dead man? Yeah, and in all that, the douche gets cracked on the side and so it starts leaking. So what he does is he goes in, he gets sent to like the back room where like the discarded products go and he sees a juice box that is kind of dying. So what he does is he sucks the juice that is remaining in the juice box, out of the juice box, through where his dick would be. 
which causes a light bulb moment. And he goes, ah, light bulb. And then a light bulb pops away. Yeah, it's like, oh, not you, dude. It's like, oh, okay. And then it happens a couple more times. Like, it happens, like, sparingly enough that the joke is still funny. It gets to the end. He does, like, fucking four of them in a row. Turns to the other fucking product. like, I will fucking kill you if you say anything. What? And he just turns to this big fucking orgy where the goddamn, like, Jewish guy and the Middle Eastern guy, they just fuck. Just like hardcore, you see him fucking pull the lavashes like one of the, like the lavashes like walking around in a in like the the lavash is a some kind of like flatbread kind of thing, and his arms are underneath the flatbread, so it looks like he's wearing some kind of like robe. Mm-hmm. So the bagel rips that back, and you see the lavash ass cheeks, and the bagel just goes fucking nose deep in that shit, and this keeps happening. Over and over and over again for like fucking five minutes at the end where just everybody's fucking everything's awesome and everything's just all fucking all kinds of horrible shit. And Edward Norton voices the bagel. Of course he does. Yeah, and then they and then they get to the end and then the fucking fire and then fucking fire water and a piece of gum called gum who is a genius and talks like Stephen Hawking in his weird little fucking wheelchair made out of a nine volt battery and goddamn checker pieces. Discover, discover that the world that they're living in is actually a cartoon. What? The movie ends with them going through an interdimensional portal made out of a fucking toilet seat to go murder the people who made them, which is Seth Rogen and Edward Norton. I have to watch this movie. It is amazing. And the animation works like stupidly well. Like stupid, that's a good word for this. The animation is fucking phenomenal. All the characters, like even the ones that are the, the, like the same fucking species or whatever, all feel different. They have like this insane amount of energy to them, where it feel where they all they all look and basically feel like like more high energy like Disney shit. Where like they all have like the weird like like long stringy black arms that end in white gloves, and. And they all move like that, and they all move fucking great. All the people have just such weird proportions to them about everything, and it all fucking works. They don't go down the fucking uncanny valley route of trying to make those people look like actual people. It is great, and the movie fucking ends with a bunch of people getting high on bath salts that were put into them by goddamn hot dogs, firing them on, firing like toothpick, like like bath salts laced toothpicks at them. To make them see beyond the veil to realize that food is actually sentient. That's the thing. Bath salts are a goddamn plot point in this movie. This might be the best thing Seth Rogen has ever made. Uh, I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done here. You realize this You now, need right? to. You need to. Anybody out there who has not seen Sausage Party needs to see Sausage Party. Sausage Party is... I, I, I was about to say something that was incredibly hyperbolic and I don't really want to. It is a fucking fan, it is a fucking amazing movie. You're about to say dead man. I was about to say Sausage Party is one of the most important movies in, in American animation ever. Might be true. Like it's the like it's I mean, fucking it's Sausage Party, those dudes what made animation and Steamboat Willie. I mean hell, we might get peace in the Middle East if uh <laughs> All you need to do is get a bunch of fucking people from Israel and just have them eat each other's asses. Just form a human centipede. I wasn't going to finish the thought, dead man. A human centipede through the Middle East is how peace will be reached. 
gonna finish the thought. <laughs> oh my god. I gotta say, Firewater's probably my favorite character. Because Firewater, he speaks in like the tone and like the cadence that you would expect of a very stereotypical Native American. But he talks like he sa- the words he says are like regular people words. Wasn't gonna finish. Like 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 one of the things that he does, like he reveals that, like so so fi- so um, Firewater is part of the non-perishables, an immortal cast of beings who have been here forever. So it is Firewater, a package of grits, and a Twinkie. <laughs> okay. And weirdly enough, the grits makes a fucking Mister Tibbs Sidney Poitier reference. They call me Mr. Gritz. Exactly. Is it, you, oh, God, you're that serious. Is, That's that not is what the he line. says. That is the fucking line. Again, same delivery as Sidney Poitier. It's like, they call me Mr. Gritz. I can't do it properly because I'm not fucking Sidney Poitier. But yeah, and, and the Firewater's like, hey, yeah, we wrote that song. It's like, wait, you wrote that song? It's like, well, a version of it. Like, I fucking, I fucking did, I, I did the music, then Twink, Mo Twink did the lyrics. He's like, hi. And it's like, they just keep fucking up about shit. They fucking mess, mess with Twink's lyrics. You hear, about this? you hear that shit about Juice? What the fuck's up with that? I love Juice. This movie's amazing. Incredibly well animated. Very funny for a very specific kind of person. Basic, yeah, basically, if you had the thought... Like, like when, we, when we were talking about the movie, if you had the thought that Caveman refused to finish and that I did finish, you are the kind of person this movie will be in. You're the kind of person will be into this movie. We're pro- I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for that. If anybody ever listens to these, I might get some shit for that, but I don't give a fuck. Those movies. The joke fucking worked, goddammit. It wasn't offensive to anybody. It was offensive to everybody, Dad. And that's what makes it amazing. If it was offensive to everybody, it was offensive to nobody. That's a terrible that's a terrible mindset. Don't follow that. I'm an idiot. Moving on, I saw Kong Skull Island. Yeah, Birdman saying that I'm going to have to see that. You really need to. It's real fucking good. But it's good. I feel like it's good despite itself. Or or at, the, or at the very least, the people making it know that, like, hey, we have to go through these motions, but we don't give a fuck about that. Like, Tom Middleton, Middleton, I don't fucking know what his real name is, and Brie Larson. Those are ostensibly our leads, and they barely get any screen time or have any kind of on-screen presence. Because they, because the people making this movie know the reason you're there to see this goddamn movie are the fucking insane military people and the fucking monsters. And that's what they give you. When Kong first shows up, it is not just some fucking like big fucking money shot reveal. It is, it is a fucking tree flying through the air at a fucking helicopter. And then it turns into just a big fucking action scene where Kong is fighting a whole fucking fleet of military Apache helicopters and bagging them out of the fucking sky with each other. Okay. And yeah, then the movie just turns into like a survival thing where the people on the island try to get off the island. You know, the Skull Island. 
Yeah. And I got and my favorite my probably my favorite part of this movie is the creature design. Like all, none of the creatures are particularly like new or anything, but they are done to such a fucking level that they just look fucking fantastic. Like even against the people, whoever whoever like fucking did the CG work in this movie, they need some kind of fucking Academy Award because it looked goddamn amazing. Like they like they had the they had like some of the staples like a fucking giant spider creature. The spider creature, by the way, my probably my favorite creature design because it is just really simple. It's like kind of fucked up looking spider that's giant and it worked amazingly. There are these weird fucking there are these weird fucking like giant like water bison. Uh, they're the, they're the skull crawlers, which are you know kind of basic, but they work. And then there's Kong himself. Uh, did like motion capture was done for him with a like you know performance capture was done with was done for him. It was two different people. Uh, one of them was Toby Kebbell, who did like facial capture for it. And another guy did like the body capture. And he doesn't really feel like an ape. He moves like and walks upright, like just like a person. But I, that it, it doesn't really matter because like if I can just works like the physicality that that they put into that and having him like feel like a real tangible thing, even when you can very obviously tell like oh yeah it's, oh yeah that's CG but he they do a really great job of giving him like a lot of real presence in the film. And yeah, this is kind of one of the only this this is kind of like one of the only attempts at like making a real cinematic universe where I think they actually have some legs to stand on. Yeah, a few people I know have been uh kind of getting pissy at the idea of everybody doing cinematic universes. Oh, as have I. Fuck that. Not everybody deserves it. like fucking fucking like universal with their dark universe. Fuck that noise. I would be okay with it if, you know, the first one hadn't been a pile of shit. Ten- and then the new first one hadn't been a pile of shit. I was going to say like, all right, yeah, you know, you know, the director told you. Okay, yeah, good. We can never let them forget. There needs to be a record existing for all time that they tried to do that shit. In this one, I think it, I think it sets up, I think it sets itself up well. They do, they do a good job of like kind of building on the idea that monsters have existed forever from fucking Godzilla. <laughs> They do a good job of setting up this fucking grudge match that's going to happen between fucking Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah, as well as the fucking future fight between Godzilla and King Kong. Gojira. Yeah. Gojira. Gojira. And yeah, it's kind of really all I got to say about this movie. Like, it's a very simple movie. Like, it is, it is very good. It is... I've heard it described as what if a B movie had an A movie budget? <laughs> and yeah, I think that That's tracks. That's what giant monster movies used to be. B movies, so. And yeah, like I think that tracks with this. Uh it is a it is is a movie that doesn't really give a fuck about like humans. Like yeah, humans are there <laughs> and like they have like one guy who's like fucking giving it or like one or, one or two guys who are just fucking giving it. But like our our ostensible leads are like just nothing people, and all the and like all the focus of like the really cool shit is given to the monsters and the military people, like or the, or the characters we actually care about. Like there's this one scene where uh one of the soldiers, a guy we've been kind of following this entire time, 
who has been who's been like fairly on the level about stuff, or at least uh, has been keeping a level head about himself. He's just like, oh yeah, so we're all gonna fucking die. I'm gonna go sacrifice myself to try to take this thing out. He has two grenades in his hand, pulls them in on both, and was like, hey, come on, you fucker, eat me, eat me. And the skull crawler just fucking whips around, and smacks him with his tail, and sends him fucking flying into a mountain miles away. And it works. And it works amazingly. The timing of it, the effects of it, the way that, the way that the camera's on it, the everybody's reaction to it. It was like, the, oh fuck. I feel bad for that guy now. It all worked great. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is really good as this just fucking insane monster murder man. Because when he came to the island, he wasn't expecting like to actually find anything. They just kind of just kind of went there, and then the majority of his squad got murdered. So he's like, "Oh well, since the Vietnam War is over, I need a new war." Hey, monsters! Let's fucking do this. Was he tired of the monkey fighting snakes on those monkey fighting planes? Uh, the Monday to Friday planes, please. Sorry, sorry on those Monday Friday planes. Um, he kind of was. He did. He now just wanted to fight the actual monkeys themselves instead of the snakes. Seriously. If they had, if they had taken the chance to put that line in this movie, I would uh oh, it would it would be my favorite movie. Just they unfortunately for the did not. Reference. They unfortunately did not because they are trying to have this being take they're trying to have this be take be taken relatively seriously as an actual cinematic universe, and they can't have a joke. They can't have that joke. Why not? I think that's too deep a cut for people. You know it's funny. That's oh, I know it's funny. It. I fucking know it's funny. Because I'm in the fucking they demographic for that joke. <laughs> but fucking Joe Jackass out there going to see the fucking big monkey movie? He don't know dick about the Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was very much against this movie going into it because like I, f- the movie kind of broke me when I saw the trailer for it. And I, I'm not entirely sure why though. I feel like it was. I feel like it was just like a, a combination of the movie I was going to see and my thoughts at the time on like reboots of cinematic universes. Mm-hmm. Because I went there, I just saw Kong Skull Island for the trailer at, for the trailer at the start of John Wick Two. Mm. And I just felt something like I actually felt something like drop in me. I was like, oh, we're getting another King Kong movie, which is part of another cinematic universe from another company that could produce original ideas, but no, just wants to make another fucking movie we've already fucking seen. And so I was just like, oh, wait. Creativity's dead. Get ready for nothing but sequels and reboots until the day we all die. Oh, and don't forget um, movies based on uh, books that have already been read. I will fight you. What? It's a fact. I know. But shut up about it. The more you talk about it, the more power they get. That's how I'm going to make my money, Dad. Fuck you. Sorry, that was uncalled for. Yeah. I need a I need a paying thing and <laughs> finish my second book. I need someone to buy something from me. And write a fucking screenplay. I'm a novelist. 
novelist, not a screenplay writer. One day, I'm going to go to a movie theater. The movie's going to end, and I just won't be able to stand. Why? What's wrong? Because I'll go there, and I'll see that, and I'll see like a trailer for something, or I'll just see the movie itself, and I'll just be like, oh, there's no point. There are no norm. Even though a new movie's being released every week, there are no more new movies. There is no more new anything. Creativity has officially stopped existing. Or you'll see uh, written by Caveman. I'm not going to use my real name here because screw you all. You don't get to stalk me. Yeah, I'll say, um, I'll say like, it'll just, it'll just yeah. break you. I'll say like, just based on the book by this jackass. And I'll go over and write a review and then email it to you. And I'll be like, thanks, dead. Wow, is that, that's really nice of you. It'll be one star. You can't decide that until you've actually seen it. The fuck I can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't just decide that until you've seen it. <laughs> Not how it works, Dad. Where where is your um ah fuck what is it? Um uh, Honor as a, journalistic as a integrity. Uh, journalist. Yeah, there it is. Journalistic integrity. Thank you, Dead Man. Jur- journalistic integrity is kind of trumped by fucking with friends. <laughs> So like last paragraph of it will be like this movie's actually this out of this. I just gave it a one to fuck with caveman when he sees the fucking headline. <laughs> I know none of you will read this. So like fuck y'all of you then. <laughs> and then I'll me- email you. Hey, I saw real I saw the real rating. You can't hide from me the fact that you love my books. I'll put it in the source code. You have no idea how to get to that. I'll ask Cora. <laughs> the girl will be like wait which site oh right that fucking thing that's the thing <laughs> I haven't talked to that guy in like years anyway oh he didn't remove my editing permissions okay <laughs> I actually haven't <laughs> uh, when jokes become reality <laughs> Anyway, that does movies. I watched a bunch of TV shows too. So get in for the long haul, folks. Yep. So I got caught up and finished uh, the this recent season of iZombie. Turns out I was a bit wrong about the holding pattern because this entire season has actually been one continuous story that has been built up since the first episode of the season. Wow. I know. I might have to watch this season. Yeah, the first season uh, of it uh, introduces Fillmore Graves, uh, a zombie PMC, as well as the murder of a young zombie boy who was who used to be friends with Detective Babineau, Clive. That then sparks off the investigation, like the, like the side investigation of the murder of this family, which then led to a fucking zombie hunting, zombie hating movement. And just spread out into so many other fucking things that then actually had a complete and total paradigm shift of the entire show. All of this started from the first goddamn episode. And it's something that they've been building since that first episode. 
And I did not realize that until I actually fucking started getting into shit where things actually kicked into high gear. And I was like, oh, fuck. Wait. These people actually fucking did things. Actually changed up this goddamn show. And I was so happy. Because I wanted to like this season. I didn't want to have to drop it. But I saw, and then I saw they were all on Netflix. I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go see what this is. And I watched it. And I just fucking binged through all that goddamn shit in like a fucking afternoon. And it was awesome. Everything is awesome. I'm glad I can like iZombie again. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. I was so worried that like, oh, this show that I that show the show that had like two really good seasons and that had like a cast I liked, the characters I liked, was gonna get fucked over by just kind of like running out of ideas. But then no, it turns out they were just fucking a slow burn on that shit. I don't want to spoil it because I want Caveman to catch up on it so I can talk to him about it. Uh, fine, I'll watch it. <sighs> also, uh, so Preacher, time, Preacher came back with second season. And Preacher is now Preacher, finally. Yeah, for those who didn't see the first season, uh, Preacher is a Seth Rogen and Friends uh, production based on the Garth Ennis and uh, Rest in Peace Steve Dillon graphic novel. And it is, and that first season was rough because they were so fucking slow getting up to it actually being preacher. Like it, it didn't actually, it didn't, I did like, uh, I really like preacher and, and watching that show. I did not get the feeling that this was preacher until like the last three episodes of the season. But on this one, things are fucking starting off and starting off goddamn strong. We got the fucking Saint of Killers. We got fucking, we got one of the fucking angels coming back who is now part of a really, really kind of racist fucking uh, not Las Vegas stage show. We got fucking, we got Jesse, we got, we got, we got Jesse Tulip and Cassidy just fucking going across the country. Like like the fucking first episode of the series, the first episode of the season opens up with them getting into a high-speed car chase with the police set to the tune of Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners. And it is okay. It is great. That song is amazing. And yeah, things just are fucking moving. Which is a problem that I really had with that first season. That first season was so goddamn slow and stagnant. Oh, so it actually finally picked up pace? Oh yeah, things fucking got moving. I think like the first episode ends with fucking Jesse actually interacting with the Saint of Killers. Like, like the Saint of Killers is fucking I stopped like, watching because it was so fucking slow. Oh no, yeah, like the last three episodes actually do pick things up a lot. They get they get on the fucking road, they get they get shit going, they get shit moving. And now they're actually like moving to different locations. They're actually like Interacting with different people outside the fucking anvil. Things are fucking moving. Which is great. And we're, and like, they've already started like hinting at stuff uh, to do with Jesse's family. Which I wasn't sure they would, was wasn't sure they would, they would do. Because, uh, in the comics, Jesse isn't really a man of faith. He's only doing, he's only like being a preacher because he was forced into it by his grandma. And if he didn't, he would be fucking murdered. What? Yeah, in, in the comics, uh, Jesse, he comes from like his dad's side of the family, I think. E- either his dad or his mom's side of the family is essentially a hyper-religious, a hyper-Christian religious cult. 
and and like uh and so Jesse like Jesse and his mom and his dad escaped. Then they were found, brought back to the compound. Uh, I believe either his dad or his mom was killed in front of him. He was then locked in a chest and thrown to the bottom of a lake on their property whenever he did anything wrong. Until he like finally fucking agreed to go into the fucking clergy like his grandma wanted. That's why he's able to fight so well. That's why he's able to do be a criminal so well. Because he because he like he was fucking trained by this fucking near militant kind of cult. And yes, I wasn't sure if they were gonna I wasn't sure if they were gonna do that in the show because in the comics, Jesse doesn't give a fuck about God. He hates God. And that's why and that's why the whole plot of the that's why the whole plot of comics is we're gonna go find God and beat the shit out of him. Meanwhile, in the show, they're trying to find God to give him to to see if he needs help, and if he does, help him. If he doesn't need help, then they're gonna beat the shit out of him. But if he needs help, they're gonna help him. Yeah. Preacher's good. Finally. I'm able to like Preacher. This this just kind of the, 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 like a couple shows where I just get to watch them like, oh wait, I like this now. Yay. So uh last two things, real quick through them. Uh I rewatched a bunch of episodes of Adam Ruins Everything. I love that show. Yeah. New episodes begin July begin July eleventh. Yeah, it turns out I actually didn't actually finish a couple episodes, so I went back and watched them. Like I never finished the Christmas episode. Mm. And I watched that, and that got me in a way I was not expecting. Like I was actually kind of Ow. tearing up. I haven't seen the Christmas episode. Yeah, like uh yeah, uh Adam is living with Rhea, uh his sister. Uh, and she is freaking out because like, oh, it's Christmas time. Fucking family's coming over and everything. And so Adam is just going through all the reasons as to why Christmas is not some fucking like Christian celebrating the birth of Jesus holiday. And so, yeah, he's going through all this and Rhea is just like, oh, fucking God. Oh, God, everything's fucking horrible. And is just like kind of just goes off on Adam for being like Adam. And mm-hmm. always saying and always saying like it's better that it's it's better to know than to not know. And then just kind of the whole thing kind of wraps up with like the little button of him showing Rhea a Christmas tape where Rhea is kind of the one who instilled in him the idea that it's better to know than to not know. And it was like this really sweet oh. moment that kind of just hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. And then, the, and then that actually got to lead into the episode about housing where Adam's like, hey, I'm going to move out of my fucking sister's place because, hey, my Christmas gift to you is I'm leaving. And then, Best Christmas gift ever. Yeah, and then it leads into the fucking shit about, hey, you should, hey, Airbnb's fucking hot shit and don't buy a house. What? Yeah, the, the housing episode is like, hey, don't buy a house. Buying a house is really financially unstable, ties you down in ways that like are, in ways that like kind of like keep you from making any, from being like, from living a better life than you're currently living. And honestly, you really don't need a house at all. Adam ruins everything's cool. Yeah, I just wish it was, you know, streaming on any of the services that don't require you to buy a cable package you know, each individual fucking episode. Yeah, it's it's retarded. But hey, the next episode is going to be ruining babies. 
Oh, God damn it. I want to see that. <laughs> so anyway, and then uh, also still watching Blood Drive. Blood Drive is still amazing. They did an episode with a business cult. It was a cult of people that were dressed mainly in like pantsuit and regular suits, and they only spoke in business jargon. So like all the things you do, all the things we're talking about, like fucking like like synchronizing all this shit and fucking whatever, and actually say the word jargon. Like a person like actually drops the jargon for a second, and then has to be reminded into doing it. And I can't say any of it because I don't remember any of it, and I don't know enough about business speak to be able to properly emulate it. Okay, listen, we're going to marginalize the our exports in order to properly utilize our downsizing system. Essentially that, but like more religious. And and like about everyday things. Like like instead of like going instead of like saying, "Hey, we're going to fucking move this car into the garage." They're going to say something about like fucking reallocating our assets for the merger later. Or something. It is ridiculous, but there actually is like a progressing plot and like things that happen in episodes that actually have effects outside of those episodes, which I was not really expecting because, because every episode has been fucking like touted as being a different genre of grindhouse movie. Blood drive is shockingly good and like shockingly well put together. Anyway. That does what we're watching then. On the news. So the first couple piece of news, uh, they're a bit odd. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually sure if I should put them like in the movie side of things because they are about video game adaptations and technically anime. Well, anime should stay in it unless it's an American adaptation of said anime. Uh, it is Adi Shankar, an American producer, uh, producing technically anime adaptations of video games. Where the fuck does that go? I don't know. Do it in all three. Okay, yeah, fuck it. So uh, Adi Shankar is gonna is working with Ubisoft to develop an Assassin's Creed anime series. <laughs> this, Sorry, after yeah. the movie, I inherently vomit when I hear anything about Assassin's Creed adaptation. This hot on the heels of the release of the Castlevania TV series on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched that because it looks dumb. <laughs> Castlevania isn't that interesting to watch, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I actually haven't seen how it's been received so far. Ooh. Well, I, I'm not going to watch it unless I hear it is the greatest Animu since Animu's creation from someone who hates everything. Because it's fucking Castlevania. It's looking. I'm not sure how it's looking. Fucking. Let me just, I want to see if I can actually find some real fucking, fucking aggregate shit about this. Because so far I'm getting just like minimal, like individual reviews of things. Yeah, I don't fucking know. But yeah, so Assassin's Creed. There's a thing that is being happening. Uh, yeah, uh, Adi Shankar uh, revealed that himself. Uh, it had not uh, at, at the at the time of the initial. Like announcement of all this stuff, there was that, there wasn't really a there wasn't really any word from Ubisoft if they were involved in it. But after that, uh, it has been it has been officially announced that um, 
that Ubisoft is involved with Adi Shankar regarding this series. And it's an actual real thing that is happening. Oh my god. Yep. And speaking of that Castlevania shit, it's already been renewed for a second season. Doesn't really say much. Yep. Because drooling fanboys are going to shit themselves over anything. Yep. And uh, also, that second season uh, has been expanded from the original se- from the original season's four-episode order to an eight-episode order. Wait, they called four episodes a season and not a miniseries? Yep, that's how the internet works. Christ. Yeah. That's happening. Uh, and then the rest of the news we have is casting updates. So, we have two new cast members coming to the second season of Mar- of uh, Marvel and Netflix's Luke Cage series. So, Mustafa Shakir of The Deuce and The Night Of. And Gabrielle Dennis of Insecure and Rosewood. Remember Rosewood? No. Yeah, that that's right. Uh, they've joined the cast as uh, two different characters. Uh, Shakir has joined as John McIver. Uh, described as a quote, natural leader, brimming with charisma, whose mission is to his mission is focused on Harlem and vengeance. Meanwhile, Gabriel Dennis is playing Tilda Johnson, who quote is a brilliant holistic doctor with a complicated history in Harlem, where as much as she tries to stay away from trouble, it always seems to find her. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems important. Also, kind of weird and kind of important, uh, Erica Durrance, who, for those who don't know, uh, played Lois Lane on that Smallville TV show, has been cast in Supergirl. Uh-huh. Yes, she is um, taking over the role of Supergirl's mom, Alora, from Laura Bonanti, who from Laura Bonanti, who was unable to get back into it, who's unable to get back into the show for to shoot more shit. Yeah, so this will be the second previous Lois Lane cast in the Supergirl TV show. With the first one being Terry Hatcher. Yeah, that's that's neat. It's kind of neat that this is happening. It's also kind of cool that like, the people who from that fucking really shitty Superman show are actually getting their chance to like work in a for realsy Superman show. Even if Superman isn't really in it that much. He's in it more than he was in the Superman movie. Yeah. And he's better than he was in the Superman movie. Yeah, then final thing. Uh, Randall Park, an actor who people have seen a lot in the fucking Fresh Off the Boat, uh, has been cast as S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Jimmy Woo in the upcoming Ant-Man sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Randall Park's fine. He seems fun. He's like a funny guy. Uh, he is... I've seen a few articles mention this, but this is kind of a big thing because S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't really been of any kind of importance to the movies since the Avengers. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, sorry, since uh, Winter Soldier, actually. Because that's kind of when the organization collapsed on it. So, no, no, wait, no, Age of Ultron. 
Age of Ultron they kind of showed up again and then just didn't they just fucked off. Like Age of Ultron, they hey, shit. Didn't back really then. do anything in Age of Ultron though. They showed up. They were the They're the ride in Age of Ultron. Yeah. They they just fucking pulled aside like, get in, bitch, we're going shopping. But yeah. That's happening. I don't know. Kind of news. Not really a lot of news happening. Uh, it's okay. We watched a lot of shit, apparently. Yes, we did. Over a two-hour show of that. Anyway. New release of stuff uh, for this week. Already out. Spider-Man. That's, a, that's about it. Like, yeah, there's other things that have, like, a lot of fucking really good buzz and Rotten Tomatoes, but it's fucking Spider-Man, dude. Spider-Man's movie that came out this week. And then next week, we got War of the Planet, War for the Planet of the Apes. The third movie in the current Planet of the Apes saga, I guess. It is still kind of baffling to me that the Planet of the Apes... Like exists nowadays and is this kind of big thing. Yeah, that is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I I keep seeing the trailers and I'm like, why do you think I give a fuck? (laughs) Especially weird because like I actually really like those movies. I don't care. Literally. I you love them. Love them. Please, go love them. Just tell them to stop sending trailers to me. Because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Literally. I'm just like, oh, that looks mildly interesting. <sighs> I think you actually really like them. But, again, you don't fucking care. I don't care. I don't care if I like them. Because I don't care. It's fucking Planet of the Goddamned Apes. <laughs> it's a war movie where one of the sides is gorillas. I don't care. Hey, there's also chimpanzees. And orangutans. And orangutan my balls. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. So thank y'all for joining us. This episode's called Orangutan My Balls. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode of the DustOfRods.com movies television podcast. In between now and then, though, we got some shit coming out. I don't know. Till then, I'm dead. And I'm Caveman. And for Cap, see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. <laughs>